welcome to Thursday night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show. We are excited to be here tonight. It's going to be an amazing evening. It's been an incredible week, but nothing during my week is anywhere nor near as incredible as being able to spend every Thursday night with you guys here. Remember to please bear with me as I'm talking. I still have this stupid old plastic retainer thing in my mouth. It makes it very hard, especially when I bite my tongue. (laughs) That's never fun. So just appreciate you uh, sticking with me through this. We don't always do it pretty, but we always do it, and that's what matters. All right, so the number to call in tonight is 646-595-3965, if you'd like to call in and read. Again, that's 646-595-3965. All righty. If you're interested in putting together a workshop with us, you can get a hold of me. Probably the easiest way would be on Facebook. And if I'm not on your contacts list, you can find me under Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. And shoot me a message, let me know what you want to do. Your workshops can be anywhere between 30 minutes and 3 hours long, depending on what you want to do. You can pre-record these on your computer and send me the MP3 file, or we can do a conference call type of thing, and I can help you pre-record it that way. Or we can do a combination of both. You don't have to be a professional workshop provider in order to put one of these on. Just let me know what you're interested in doing, and we'll get it worked out, get it set up for you. The next thing I want to do is make sure that we thank our sponsors who helped us stay on air in with our 2020 broadcasting license. It's getting to the end of the year now, um, so I want to make sure that I take every opportunity that I can to make sure that they know how much we appreciate them. The 2020 broadcasting license sponsors were Debbie Kelly, Eric Sheldman, Sean and Maddie Gullickson, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Rick and Sean Clark, Raymond Bentley, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Rachel Ward, Kevin Kraft, Gina Storm, Renee Cryer, James, a.k.a. One Sapien, Richard Ward, Colm Kendi-Hume. Now, thank you guys so much. Appreciate you. You have no idea. You know, if it wasn't for you guys at this point, you know, I, we wouldn't be able to stay on the air. So everything that you do to help us, you know, those, those, all those little bits, just they really mean the world. You know, so on behalf of myself, and all the poets in the community, I want to thank you for doing that. We are currently um, in the middle of our fundraiser for our 2021 broadcasting license. So if you would like to uh, find out how to be involved in that, you can jump over onto my Facebook page. You know, every little tiny, like I said a moment ago, every little tiny bit helps. We are about $765 away from our goal for the year. So if you can help donate to the funds and help us keep on the air for 2021, that would be amazing. Uh, There's a fundraiser actually going on where you can contribute to the fundraiser, or we've also got a show's PayPal account or Vimo or whatever that is um, set up for the show funds. So if you are interested in helping out and have anything to spare, that would be absolutely amazing to make sure that we're able to stay on here after the end of this month. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. And thank all of you who have found a way to contribute thus far this year. Appreciate you guys. 
Yes, 2021. Our 2021 on-air broadcasting fundraiser thing going on now. I think that's what you meant. Yes. <laughs> okay. The next thing I want to do is I want to go over our writing assignments, our inspiration from the inkwell before we get started. So make sure you pull out your pen and papers or notebooks or journals, whatever it is you write in. All right. As I go through these, if you miss anything, don't um, don't panic. At the end of the show, it is archived. There will be a podcast you can listen to. Start it up, right? You know, start and stop right at your convenience. If I happen to go too fast or get you mixed up somewhere along the way, you can come back later. In fact, you can come back the first 15 minutes of any of our shows and uh, be able to get your inspiration from the inkwells ideas to start your pen moving. So writing exercise number one. You should all have your journals and notebooks out. What we are going to be working on is observations. Now, we've all heard poems that have some very off-the-wall or unexpected imagery, You know, especially in poems where they are running together a string of comparisons describing something, and you wonder how in the world they came up with that. You know, it's strong and unexpected and abstract and, and you know, abstract and as none of the things really seem to be related to each other in comparison at all. But it still seems to work perfectly to paint an idea or emotion, the idea or emotion that the poet wants us to experience by being able to use this run of off-the-wall descriptions. Now, there's a real easy way to train yourself to be able to run these flaffy flash images through your mind as you're writing and to be able to select from them. And it's actually very simple if you observe the world around you. And it seems easy, right? Well, it is if you do it. So, for example, last week I had you write down everything you saw that was the color red. This would have been things that you saw in your house or outside, on the street, driving to work, at the office, wherever. It didn't matter. You were just supposed to write down every single thing that you saw that was the color red. So I hope you've done that this week. And what I what I did not tell you was what you were going to do with that list. Because if I had told you, then you would have had a preconceived notion and that would have affected what you wrote. Because you would already have had that end game in your mind. So I didn't give that to you. I'm going to give that to you right now. So once you, now that you already have that list of everything you saw during the week that this color is red, and if you didn't shame on you, don't tell me. Do it anyway next week and just pretend like you did it this week. <laughs> I'll never know, but do it anyway. Um, so part two of that, now that you have your list of everything that you saw was red, I want you to put that to use and use this partial sentence or concept that I give you and write a poem. Okay? So the concept, partial sentence, whatever you want to call it, is for her, the world was colorless, but her red dress stood out like... And you just get to decide who she is, why her world is colorless, where she is, um, you know, why does her dress stand out blah, 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 and then using things from your list of reds to help you describe the emotion in the color red or, you know, in this idea, what it represents to you, you know, um, 
I want you to kind of look at the color red as if it were something you could examine in your hands, you know, and turn it over and look at it. And as you're writing, I want you to let your descriptions of it fall abstractly, like you did in your comparisons that you wrote down, and paint it in contradictions. You know, the the good example is the red, you know, followed by a bad example of what the red stands for, to be able to paint a clear story in the one word of red. Okay? So again, the idea is to write to, the idea write to is, for her, the world was colorless, but her red dress stood out like and by the way, you are also welcome to write to your own topic using your list. In fact, these lists become invaluable resource tools for you to refer back to later when you're writing up and find yourself in this place where you're looking at something and you really want some strong imagery to anchor it or to pin something down. So, yeah. For her, the world was colorless, but her red dress stood out like what? So write a poem using the list of red in your palm. Okay. So this week, I want you to do the same thing, but we will, it'll be a little tougher, I think. I want you to spend the week writing down all the noises that catch your attention. You know, what are they? What causes them? For example, this week I was, I was, uh, taking a drive out in the car and I stopped, I pulled over to take a photograph of this old cool looking mailbox and when I did, I heard this really weird, soft, haunting, beautiful, very strange, melodic sound, like weird fairy music. And so I walked and followed it, probably not the best thing to do if you've ever seen any fantasy movies, but I walked and followed it until I found the source. And what I discovered is it was a very, very old metal windmill, you know, the kind you see on old farms. And the sound was of it slowly spinning, the wind slowly moving the big metal paddles and the the you know, the creaking and groaning of it. And it created like this this totally otherworldly sounding music that just absolutely mesmerized me with the spinning of that old paddle those old paddles. And I sat and listened to it for about an hour. But you see, because I paid attention to the sound that I heard, I know that someday I will be using that in a poem for sure. You know, and what an image that will create, unique and unexpected and different. Who would think about using that as an example of some of noise? You know, so because I stopped and paid attention to something I heard, I now have that in my resources to pull on and use when I'm writing. So, you know, write anything and everything you hear that catches your attention. The more you write, the better. You know, it could be a train, kids laughing, a car honking, a clock ticking. But when you write, I want you to be descriptive. So in the end, you could end up with something like uh, the sound of a clock ticking in a room full of students, animation poised on the second hand, ticking like a time bomb. You know, that's an example that you could use, you know, of sound or or something like that. And you don't have to write something like that in the moment, but you want to jot down enough of your observations around the place and circumstances that the sound is coming from to help you later put it into perspective. So when you do sit down to write, you, know, you, you have enough information there to recreate what you heard and how you heard it and why you heard it and what stood out about it. 
So have fun. Again, write down everything you hear, all the sounds that catch your attention. And next week, I will give you the topic you will write to using the things you observe and record between now and next Thursday, just like we did this week. All right, writing exercise number two, pick apart a prompt. This is to remind you that what you do with a prompt before you write to it is way more important than what you actually write because we all have knee-jerk responses to stimuli. So we hear a prompt, and our brain will automatically pick out the most surfaced inspiration we'll gather from that prompt, the things that are right there on the surface, because they're easy. They're right there. They're our go-tos. They're knee-jerk reactions. So by doing this, you're able to look beyond those surface responses and find things that are much more, again, surprising or different or unique ways of writing to something. You know, these are all things that you need to do to be able to create your own unique voice in your writing, and it helps helps you to do that. So what I want you to do this week is I want you to write down the pick-apart prompt for this week is Greyhound Bus, by the way. So what you'll do is you will write Greyhound Bus at the top of your page and then start a list of all the thoughts and ideas and directions you can take that prompt. So instead of writing a poem to Greyhound Bus, I want you to make a list of all the poems you could write to that prompt, all the different ideas you could come up with, the different perspectives, the different scenarios you could use, um, you know, the different stories you can tell with that, the different things it could stand in for, be a metaphor for, the voice of, the shadow of, whatever. So instead of writing a poem, you just sit there and write down all the poems you could write. So once again, the pick apart a prompt for this week is Greyhound Bus. Now, we are going to do your prompts. Prompts are like seeds planted. They are meant to grow into poems. So with that said, the, the prompt can be the title of your poem, it can be a line in your poem, or it can be the general concept of your poem, but it should grow into a poem. Beyond these guidelines, what you do with it is up to you. So I want you to number your paper 1 through 10. All right. I'm going to give you a list of, list of ten prompts. The first one, out of animal silence. Out of animal silence. Number two, the smell of thunder. The smell of thunder. Number three, everyone has their own wilderness. Everyone has their own wilderness. Number four, a handful of mud. A handful of mud. Number five, second grade summer. Second grade summer. Number six, nobody knows the sound. Like, what did the fox say? I don't know. Nobody knows the sound. Number seven, the first gods. The first gods. Number eight, for the handling of my body. For the handling of my body. Number nine, because that is how he is told to live. Because that is how he is told to live. And number ten, in the box you left. In the box you left. So with these, remember, has to be the title of, a line in, or the concept of your poem. You can write ten different poems, one to each prompt. You can mix and match, so use line one and four and seven and eight and go back up and grab number three and use all of those in one poem. Or you can get real froggy and use all ten lines in one poem. 
Ah, how about that for a challenge? Remember to uh, keep in mind your pick apart a prompt mentality when you face these prompts. All right, so once again, real quick, number one, out of animal silence. Number two, the smell of thunder. Number three, everyone has their own wilderness. Number four, a handful of mud. Number five, second grade summer. Number six, nobody knows the sound. Number seven, the first gods. Number eight, for the handling of my body. Number nine, because that is how he is told to live. And number 10, I love that one. Number 10, in the box you left. All right, there you go. So if you happen to miss any of those, you can come back after the show's over and listen for those and be able to jot them down in the archive podcast of the show. Remember, focus on your reading. Read, 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 read. It's important if you're not reading more than you're writing, you're doing it backwards. Um, remember one of our goals for the month, or for the year, excuse me, is to write one new poetry form for a month, meaning 12 new poetry forms for the year, and kind of challenge ourselves to jump out of our comfort zone and do something a little bit different. So, you know, by the end of the year, I don't care if you learn them all in December, learn 12 new poetry forms this year. And then remember our daily challenge for the year to write a haiku every single day. Every day when you go out there, you should find something worth 17 syllables. And I don't care if when you write them down, you only write down 15 syllables. You can add the couple, couple more later. But the the point is, is just to get these little poetic hiccups that jump into our head all day long down on paper. So every day, write a haiku. There's got to be something out there in your day that is worth 17 syllables. All right. That's it for inspiration from the inkwell. I am going to play an audio track real quick. We always start and end every episode with a recording from one of you poets. So if you would like to have your piece played on the air, you can email it to me. The word that is in the email title is the, the speakeasy cafe at gmail.com. The speakeasy cafe at gmail.com. And put MP3 audio track something like that in the subject line for me. We'll get those uploaded to the show's library and we'll play them for the world. So the piece that I am going to play to start the show with tonight is a piece by Boy in a Band, and it's called Don't Stay in School. Here we go. I wasn't taught how to get a job But I can remember dissecting a frog I wasn't taught how to pay tax But I know loads about Shakespeare's classics I was never taught how to vote They devoted that time to defining isotopes I wasn't taught how to look after my health But mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell Never spent a lesson on current events Instead I studied the old American West I was never taught what laws there are I was never taught what laws there are Let me repeat, I was not taught the laws for the country I live in But I know how Henry VIII killed his women Divorced, beheaded, died Divorced, beheaded, survived Glad that's in my head instead of financial advice I was shown the wavelengths of different hues of light But I was never taught my human rights Apparently there's 30 Do you know them? I don't Why the hell can't we both recite them by rote? I know igneous, metamorphic and sedimentary Yet I don't know squat about trading stocks 
or how money works at all. Where does it come from? How does the thing that motivates the world function? Not thought to budget and disperse my earnings. I was too busy there rehearsing cursive. Didn't learn how much it costs to raise a kid and what an affidavit is. But I spent days on what the quadratic equation is. Negative B plus or minus the square root of B squared minus 4AT over 2A. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. They maybe learned that over basic first aid or how to recognize the most deadly mental disorders or diseases with preventable causes or how to buy a house with a mortgage if I could afford it because abstract maths was deemed more important than advice that would literally save thousands of lives. But it's cool because now I could tell you if the number of unnecessary deaths caused by that choice was prime. Never thought present day practical medicines But I was told what the ancient Hippocratic method is I've got a headache, the pain is ceaseless What should I take? Um, maybe try some leeches? Could we discuss domestic abuse and get the facts? Or how to help my depressed friend with a mental state? Um, no, but learn mental math Because you won't have a calculator with you every day They say it's not the kids, the parents are the problem Then if you taught the kids to parent, that's the problem solved then All this advice about using a condom But not for when you actually have a kid with you want one? I'm only fluent in this language For serious, the rest of the world speaks too Do you think I'm an idiot? He chose the solo over the political system So like a typical citizen Now I don't know what I'm voting on Which policies exist or how to make them change me We je parle un peu de français So at 18 I was expected to elect a representative For a system I had never ever ever been presented with But I won't take it I'll tell everyone my childhood was wasted I'll stare at everywhere how I was educated And insist these pointless things don't stay in school I absolutely absolutely love that piece. If you want to, I would recommend everybody seriously going back and listening to that piece again. You can find it. Excuse me, I bit my tongue. See, you can find it on um, YouTube by searching "Don't Stay in School" or "Boy in a Band." You can find his work. Incredible piece. Absolutely. You know, if you really pay attention to what he's saying, and you know, the the title of the poem is really explained in the last line that he reads. If you really pay attention to what he is saying throughout that poem, it'll absolutely blow your mind. You know, every other country in the world will teach us two languages. Our country is the only country that does not teach their kids two different languages. That's crazy. You know, he makes so many amazing points in that piece that I really think it deserves another listen. So go check it out. Boy in a band, don't stay in school. All right, now, you guys know what time it is? time for you (laughs) i'll quit my yammering and get you guys on the air if you're interested in calling in and reading your poems tonight the number is 646-595-3965 if you'd like to call in if you are on hold remember that we take callers in the order that you call in so listen for your telephone area code When I call out your area code, it'll be your turn to come on. And when I do bring you on, please make sure that you introduce yourself. It's really important that your name is attached to your work and people know who's reading. As we start out, we can can, uh, right now you can read two poems, two normal poems or one longer poem. 
and if it changes and the lines get too busy throughout the night and we have to switch that back to one, I will let you know when that happens. And if it does on your turn, I am so terribly sorry. But right now you're good at reading too. All right, when you're done reading, make sure that you give out your URL. You want to make sure that people know how to come find you and get to know you and your work better. And then remember that we have a mature rating. So you're bound to hear just about anything on this show, with the exception of adult erotica. Uh, no bumping body parts, no tab A and a slot B. And uh, other than that, you're good to go. I do want to let area codes 216 and 848 know that you are not in the lineup. So if either of you would like to come on the show, go ahead and press 1. That's 216 and 848. If you want to come on the air, press 1. That will let me know that'll, that you want to uh, want me to unmute you. Otherwise, I'm glad you're here. Enjoy the show. And if you change your mind at any time, then we can, uh, you can press 1 at any time. And again, so we had 848 press 1, so they're in there. But another 848 called in. So 84822, if you would like to come on the air, please press 1. And 216, if you would like to come on the air, please press 1. But 88423, you are fine. You are in the lineup. The 8, okay. No, 8, yeah, you're both there. All right, the only one is 2 and 6, so I know they'll press 1 when they're ready. Let's go ahead and grab our first caller. It comes from area code 734. 734, you're on the air. Hi, Nyla. Hey, sweetheart, how are you? It's uh, George Wiley. It is George Wiley. I, I am doing fine. I, I left. There was a time I was able to call. It was about three or four weeks ago, and it was great fun. <laughs> but uh, I uh, hope you're doing better. I haven't kept up with your uh, surgery. I think when I called, uh, Christopher was uh, emceeing the show. Yeah, yeah, he was, and I was in the background speaking sign oh. language to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, well, that's good. Anyway, um, you mentioned uh, in your prompts uh, um, and uh, about sounds, sound, sounds mm-hmm. that we, and I just happen to have one of my two poems I'm reading tonight is one called "The Lost Sounds." Oh, cool! All right, and that it's like this: train whistles puffing their way into the past. It leaves room for other sounds of youth which do not come. Children playing in vacant lots, now topped over with redundant vinyl houses, which produce fewer kids. A real lawnmower hiccuping away out of view, out of view replaced by roaring, snarling, motored grass eaters and high-pitched whackers and edgers, which even drown out Harleys and discourage old walkers and young toddlers. Remembering the breeze-borne smell of openness, of wheats, manures, and clovers, and old roses, now dusted by the din of highways, and gone are the screeches of merry-go-rounds, the whoops of slides, the sudden whomp of seesaws, replaced by rubber gravels and plastic climbers. No more clatter of steel roller skates or the tuneful rhyming of kids playing hopscotch and watching a father try a hop or two, the scratching of leaf rakes pushing summer into burning piles of scented autumn magic and the hand-scraped snow of neighbors, the sound of birds, the 
fuss of flowers waving, the swish of trees, the din of happiness. Yes, the world remains very loud and intrusive, but we can say adieu to the farewell call of the lost sounds. And that's, as, yeah, it's an amazing example of what I was talking mm-hmm. about, you know, paying attention to the little little sounds around you. And as you were going through that, you know, it, w- it was like a snapshot of the individual things, the, you know, the neighbor's hands in the snow and the, the, the flowers waving and, you know, yeah. all of these things painted a really, really clear picture, you know, flash images one after the next of, of what you were talking about. So great mm-hmm. job on that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, my second one is uh, called A Life of Scars. <clears throat> Excuse me. Part of my life was left on the street in Dallas. Some of my spirit was seared into the heat of the towers. Part of my soul was mopped up from the floor of the virus wards. Some of my faith wafted out the smokestacks at Auschwitz. A portion of my wholeness is in the Gulf with my ashes of my father and in the woods where my brother's wings came off. A chunk of my joy walked away in the arms of lost lovers, and hunks of my trust fell away in our worship of dollars. But part of my heart is rejoined by the birthing of tulips and the warmth of a grandchild on my lap. Bits of new solace are returned by an orange sunrise and a surprise call from a loved one. A tidbit of promise comes from hot coffee, or a devotional word from a friend. Good thoughts can arrive from the mailbox and the slide of fresh sheets on the bed. I am but a gatherer of essentials, just a sponge of the things that drop in. Some things dig deep gouges of resignation, but some things build more layers of skin. A healing effect can arrive with a songbird with a gift of sunbeams through trees. Most of my life is made up by others, and much of my spirit is you. P.S. He kept the window open just lo- just enough to hear the rain and smell the morning, and at least for a moment, he was full in peace. I love that. I absolutely love that poem. Thank you. Thank you. I miss Appreciate you so much when you're not here, just so you know. Not any pressure or anything, but oh, my soul is so sad when you're not here. Oh, well, thank you so much. You know, I miss the show. I had a, it's a conflict, and you know, but I, I, um, uh, we always have fun in the show. You know, and you're always so nice to me and <laughs> the other people. I miss Philip. We lost him I a know. few months ago. I just about died when I heard that, but. Um, Anyway, uh, some of the other people I I know there. Um, I know Dennis even mentioned Dennis uh, White is a in, in my same poetry group here in Michigan, and uh, he uh, he said he stopped in your show last week. Mm-hmm. So he did. That's great. That's great. That's great. I don't know if he'll be here tonight. If he is, he has the same area code. So, um, um, but anyway. Uh, I can be found. Where? Where can I be found? I'm not lost. How I don't want to be found. Um, the, the, um, I have a book called um, Why Did I Remain in the Garden? It can be found on uh, 
on uh, Amazon. Um, I have a Facebook page called George Wiley Writes, and I'm in some anthologies, Polk Street Review Magazine. What else? A bunch, a bunch of zooms and things uh, lately. Um, trying to think, what else? That's about it. <laughs> Well, George, I'm really glad you were able to make your way here, and you know, I'm, I'm really glad that tonight is not one of the nights that I'm going to end up rolled up in a fetal position, rocking back on the floor, on the floor, because I've missed you so terribly. Oh. So, you know, thank you so much for being here tonight. That, that trick is in the mail. Can I put that in? Can I put that on the front of, in the in one of my my next book? Is a is a most assuredly, I'll even write it out for you. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Mel. It's great to see you here. Take care. You too, baby. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right. Bye. All right. Let's go ahead and grab our next caller, 731. Michael, are you with us? I am. I am. Just finished eating birthday cake. Your, your time is perfect. Oh, yummy. What kind of cake can I live vicariously through your frosting? Yeah, well, I tell you, it wasn't my birthday. It was a friend of mine's birthday at work. But his cake was bigger than the normal cake. It was like, instead of a, of, of a little kitchen basin sink, it was like a bathtub size cake. <laughs> it was devil's food. So my life oh, really, yummy. Really, Did it have really, frosting? Mm-hmm. Oh. See, to me, life is just a venue for buttercream frosting. It's pretty amazing. About one more bite, and I believe I could climb a persimmon tree backwards. <laughs> I would pay to see that. Just saying. Going up is easy, but coming down is a way you got to negotiate <laughs> that. Um, okay, let's read poetry. I have okay. a friend. Her name is Emanuela Nikolova. She lives in Bulgaria, and I like waking up to her poetry. Sometimes we, we don't have the same time frames and everything. Sometimes we meet when like two or three in the morning to me she's getting up and later when I get up she's written this really cool poem. She wrote a great one this morning, got me all excited. She didn't put a title on it. That's okay. We'll just call it Amaze because she capitalized the word Amaze. Okay. So this is Amaze by Emanuela Nicolova. Amaze me, inspire me. Come as a fiery sun, as winter white skies, as spring full of rushing rivers, as angry summer storms, as autumn colored scenes. Just come as only you can. For I am the high tide and the morning breeze and the sun imbued waves and the dance of the flying fish. And I need to know of the golden fields and the lush greens, the flowery dales, the mountain peaks kissing the stars. Come and tell me all this, and I'll sing to you my mermaid song by the sea cave. It will tell you of the huge stars above the white rocks, the magic beyond the horizons, of beautiful gardens at the bottom of the sea, where my sisters sleep when I'm waiting. Amazing, inspiring, and so will I, and only the dark night sing, the eternal sand will witness the magic. The magic spell over the mermaid and the lad of the highland. In peace. Wow. 
Yeah. That was pretty phenomenal. I know. I think that, do you have the link for her? Well, I'm sure you'll give us the link to her page, right? I do. You send it to you? Yeah, I would, I would really like to sit and read that one again. Okay. She writes some really cool stuff all day, every day. I can see why you like waking up to that. Oh, yeah. There's really, the the intensity of it is just amazing. And sometimes I'll catch a room. You know, before before I go to sleep, she's just a good friend and friends for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. You know, your your friends on the internet in the writing world, they're like you, forever. They're forever. So forever is good. Mhm. Absolutely. Does she know that you read it tonight? Nope. I'll let her know. Good. She'll be okay with it. I think you did her proud. Thank you. You're very welcome. Are you going to read two, baby? Sure. Sure. Okay. Another one popped up in my feed today from a couple of years ago. It's one that I, I wrote in 20, no, two, one year ago, 2020. Uh, called 13. I wrote it for Leah. Leo's my first internet significant other. She won't girlfriend. Way back on MySpace. She's the first person I ever wrote stuff with. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. We we did a lot of neat stuff together. The problem with her is, like, we would write stuff back and forth, and I had this really great story started, and I wrote the first one, and I gave it to her for the next one. She killed off my main character. <laughs> she thought that was so funny. Killed him by spider bites. I mean, really. That's hysterical. Yeah, she's pretty gruesome. <laughs> I got her back, though. We would write stories and stuff back and forth and just put each other in harm's way. Yeah, and it was, it was a lot of fun. <clears throat> Have you wrote, ever alive? wrote a poem to her? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Does it have the yeah. spider bites in it? No, 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 no. It's really, uh, uh, let's don't go there. Uh, <clears throat> this is, uh, okay. this, this is one that's just kind of a history of our, of our early days on MySpace. And, uh, if anybody on there recognizes it that I'm talking about, I'm, well, screw them. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> this is called 13. For Leah. I was always happy to be your silent partner. Every moment with you is a life-changing event. Pour us a round of buyer's remorse and stir, adding all that is left, what we've not spent. Those who were serious about the eye in the sky, the joker who sat in judgment, the saboteur, the oracle living the dream caught in a lie. Passers-by paused, plausible, adjourned, confer. What we said was well-intentioned, if meant. What we meant was always subject to a reply. Some was left on the table, but most was spent. Always in the offing. See you Tuesday. Bye. 
Meet me at a kiosk, your choice, a stopover, for souvenir scenes we might seek to recover. End sonnet. Souvenir scenes we might seek to recover. Fantastic job, my love. Can you just feel the love in that? Mm-hmm. Nice. I can. All right. Well, I think that's about it for us. Anybody wants to go check out Miss Emanuela Nicolova, you can go to Facebook.com slash J-C-O-N-R-A-D dot E-N-I-C-O-L-O-V-A. Stop by. Tell her DJ Mike sent you. Perfect. All right, Michael. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Thank you. And you're Michael Todd. That's correct. Give you your link. Uh, no, just follow hers. This, this week's about her, not me. All right, my love. All right. We'll talk to you next week, Michael. Have a great evening. You too, hon. Bye. Our next caller comes from area code. And go ahead and give the next three callers so you kind of have a heads up. We're going to be bringing on 718, then 219, then 615. So 718, you are on the air. Good after, uh, Good evening, Nyla. It's Jim Hart. How are you? <laughs> I'm wonderful, Jim. How are you doing, sweetheart? Yeah. Hey, in there. How are you? I'm doing great. It's really good to hear from you. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> uh the first poem is called This Bud's For You. You know how you get to heaven? The stranger from about 10 feet up the bar asks. No, I casually reply. You die, he says, as I hear the familiar Brooklyn sound of a blade switching open. Oh, that part, I say, smashing my long neck Budweiser on the bar. I thought you were talking about praying or something, which, by the way, you better start doing. He smiles, undeterred by my bravado bluster. He is quick, but I have kicked a bar stool at him, and his inexperience shows when he looks down at it. It is always the amount of blood that comes from a facial wound that scares those who have never seen it up close. And although... He most assuredly had the upper hand. He heads running for the door. End peace. Wow. See, that's why I talk about you. never know what you're going to write about. You know, it, you, you, are, you are just a writing surprise. I mean, that's not even the nice way. That's not even the nicest way I could say it, you know. But I don't know how to say it. You know, you just, you just never know. You're like a box of freaking cracker jacks. Well, as long as you don't have a peanut allergy, I guess I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you, you know, you don't. You you have. You're able to write about anything. You know, some people just write love poems and some people just, you know, but you, you know, no one could ever pin you down and say, oh, he's a squirrel poet. Well, thank you. You're welcome. 
You're very welcome. And with the second poem, I'll I'll, I'll try and veer off in another direction. This is this is uh, actually true. When my son was born, he was a month late, and he had swallowed uh, all the poisonous fluids, uh, I guess embryonic fluids, and uh, he was weeks in an incubator with, I mean you know, needles in the head and in the arm, and they had a block of wood to hold them so he couldn't roll and uh, knock any of the things out. So this is called Chris 122.80. In the echo light of sonogram detection, they found you. One month late, an embryonic poison fluids swallowed and took you Julius Caesar style from your mother's womb, swaddling you in incubator, multiple IV drip antibiotic gentle arms. And we came each day for two weeks plus, touch you, hold you visits, until at last you were strong enough to carry us home. And peace. Oh, that was beautiful. Thank you. You know, it did. Emotional and beautiful, and oh, go ahead, Jim. I'm sorry. No, it's uh, it, it's just you know you look at it now, and he's like six foot three, and <laughs> this this huge guy who walks by and can pat you on the head, you know, and uh, you you would never think how. Life can start out, you know, just about as bad as you think and turn into something really, really nice. So uh, I have that to be thankful for, you know. I I had my, I have three sons and I about lost my third. Um, you know, so I, I understand completely. You know, I think maybe that's why I related so much to that poem because, you know, at six months to see my... Six-month-old baby weighing about the same as he did when he was born was hard. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's and terrible to, to see, see him you know, He was in one of those things where you, like, put your hands in and they go in gloves. Mm-hmm. And then that's the only way you can touch him for a while. And then yeah. for, for some reason, I don't know, maybe because he had been fed intravenously or whatever, we had to go for a couple of weeks after you know, he got out of the incubator, and for hours on end, we had to put a, uh, what do you call it, pacifier yeah. in his mouth and pull it out, because he didn't have the muscles to suck. Yeah, he didn't so, know yeah. how to do it, yeah. So it was, uh, you know, it was, it was heartbreaking, you know, but uh, thankfully, uh, he turned into the monster who eats anything, so, you know. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Both of those were great reads, Jim. I love you so much, and I am, you know, what a fan of your poetry that I am, and I just enjoy it every single time you come and share, and I want to thank you so much for being such a consistent and important part of our family here. Oh, I thank, thank you. you, and, uh, you know, you you give all poets who call in a, an outlet for themselves and, uh the writing prompts and things like that. It's just one of the great shows on. So I thank you for the opportunity you give me. <laughs> You're welcome, sweetheart. 
Appreciate you so much. And we'll talk to you next week. I hope so. I've I've been having my ups and downs, you know. So. uh, You're only allowed to have ups. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you say so, that's it then. Uh, Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) The the universe kneels at my command. Well, uh, you can get me on Facebook at Jim Hart. Uh, You can see any of my, I have two poetry collections and two detective novels on uh, Amazon, Smashwords, and Barnes & Noble and those places. And I have a webpage, jimhartpoet.com. So I can be found anywhere there. I still need to get your books. I'm so excited about that. Oh, when that happens, that's going to be amazing. You, do, uh, do me a favor. You Go did ahead, through sorry. the mail, though, didn't you? The, the, Pardon uh, me? E- you did get email, didn't you? Through the email, yeah. Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah. I'm going to hold it in my hand. Well, send me a message and, and you know, you know what to do. I'll just put the put the links where we can buy them on my page. Okay, it, it, it's Amazon, so I, you know, but I, I will put them. Yes. Thank you, my dear. Thank you. <laughs> you're you're awesome. Right, thank you. Have a good night. <laughs> All right, Jim. We'll talk to you soon, honey. All right. Bye. 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 All right. Our next caller comes from area code two one nine two one nine. You're on the air. Maybe two one nine's on the air. Two one nine's on the air now. <coughs> hey, now how you doing? This is Brother Olimar. How you, how you feeling? Hey, Brother O. How are you, sweetheart? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing good. It's really good to hear from you. What are you going to bless us with this evening? I was Paul called. They didn't expect me to make it this far. Sitting there reflecting and meditating, reminiscing, looking back in retrospect on how my life has evolved to the point where a couple of days ago I celebrated my 46th birthday. When I consider everything that I've enjoyed in my life, all I can say is they didn't expect me to make it this far. By all accounts, I should have been dead a long time ago. The devil should have taken me out of here when he had the opportunity. I should have been confined in middle institutional homeless. I should have been locked up in prison. I should have been an alcoholic. I should have been kept in special ed classes. I should have been another statistic. However, by the grace of God, I still stand tall and defy the odds daily. Even the experts didn't expect me to make it this far. They didn't expect me to talk, read, or write. They didn't expect me to comprehend anything. They didn't expect, they didn't expect me he faces the so-called smart and intelligent crowd. They didn't expect me to graduate from high school or college, nor did they expect me to survive past my first year of life either. I made lives out of those fools and supersede their false addictions. The haters didn't expect me to make it far to porch again. They said my porch style was unorthodox and unconventional. They told me that I was crazy for even doing poetry. 
They criticized and ridiculed me for not being emotional and on stage. They rejected me because I didn't fit in their fancy cliques. They gave me funny looks when I walked in the room. They even had the audacity to declare I was a talented skill enough to perform on shows or win any awards or get any type of recognition. I rose above the negativity that I encountered in the beginning of my poetry journey to become a nationally recognized writer, poet, both water artist, and author. And a two-time winner, the National Spoken Word Award for Overcoming the Year. And 2011 was my 11th year on the Chicago Poetry Circuit. I've achieved veteran status. Plus, I'm building a legacy for future generations of poets to follow my footsteps in the art and entertainment world. The dollars didn't expect me to make it this far. They kept on telling me that I was not going to last. As a servant, uh, two, I've been a deacon in my church since 2005, 16 years. It kept on telling me that I was not going to be the same. After my therapy and heart surgery, I'm in better shape than most of my counterparts in congenital heart conditions. Plus, I maintain that active lifestyle. A clap was done, I'd be self-sufficient, quite capable of doing most things that quote-unquote everybody people can do, maybe even better than them. A clap wouldn't know how to be a leader of stepping up to be the, the real man that God called me to be. He's prepared me to be a husband in due time and season. They declared I was, it wasn't possible for me to overcome my challenges. Well, my dear brothers and sisters, I'm still overcoming conquering the challenges of my life daily. The more of this poem is, never count me out of the game. Never tell me not. Never underestimate yours truly and his abilities. Never tell me what's impossible and improbable. Never tell me what cannot be accomplished and achieved. And never, ever tell me that I'm not going to make it in poem. Last line like a nail hammered or a nail hammered in. Don't tell me don't tell me I can't. Some of my best memories of life have been when I did something somebody told me I couldn't do. You know. Right. Just absolutely absolutely a great piece, brother. Oh, I love the self-belief in it. I love the strength that's in it. You know, I love the being able to just to be able to shake off adversity like that, you know, and just stay focused on what you believe in. You know, you have an, an amazing ability to do that, and it shows in your writing. And I just, I just appreciate you. I appreciate, you know, everything that you try to share with the world, everything you do to try to help teach the world to be a better place and you do oh you are I appreciate it we appreciate you brother O so are you going to read two tonight no I'll just have one thank you <laughs> one of these days I'll get you to do two I'll keep asking all right, do me a favor, okay. love, and tell everyone how they can come find you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can find me on Facebook at uh, Omar Brother O'Gatlin. Uh, 
I welcome everybody to come uh, on my page and uh, keep up with what I have going on and uh, do a lot of inspirational stuff on my page. And as always, stay your support every week. We appreciate you. We appreciate your support for the show. We appreciate you being a part of our family. Thank you, Brother O, so much. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. We'll talk to you next week. I'll be back, yes. All right, baby. We'll talk to you then. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 615. And get them unmuted. Six one five. You're on the air. Hi, Nala. This is Clarence. How are you it doing is tonight? Clarence. I'm doing great, sweetheart. How are you? I'm doing very well. Just winding down at the job, and everything is quiet, and I'm happy. <laughs> well, we're happy to have you here. So, yeah. what has your week been like? What's been going on? What did you bring us tonight? Well, I believe I brought you two. Okay. And uh, I'm hoping it will stimulate minds and other stuff, you know. So whenever you're ready. Oh, go ahead when you're ready. I was being quiet so you could start. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Thank you. The first one is called Confliction. Excuse me, are we having an argument trying to one-up each other to be the most impressive and dominant? I refuse to be a part of this particle sparkling and what I deem as remarkable garbage that I'm not about to go down. I let you live rent-free in my mind, but here's your eviction notice. You are a non-factor as I overreacted and lost my composure. Now focus, like a Polaroid picture, you sucked my life like locust. I need local anesthesia from South Dakota fanning the flames approaching. Here's a token of my unappreciated vacant facial expressions that'll never change every time you step into my presence by the millisecond. I will not be snapping when it's getting kind of hectic for I've got the power to access the wreckage. So cool it now, like your name is Ralph Tresvant. I forgive my trespassers, leaving them in their transgressions while I transition to futuristic missions without asking for your permission, for you are not visible in my activities of daily living. If it isn't love, then I must not be God's new creation or new addition. Contrary to popular belief, I'm the head in charge now. Assume the position and get busy. It's my prerogative to abolish your knowledge as rotten kids. Smelling like sausages at Oktoberfest, needing a proctologist. My life insurance policy doesn't come with apologies. You can be like Janet Jackson, mascara running, sounding masculine, and you still can't save your sorries. You self-glossed hermaphrodite with your shrimp on the barbie. Do I care about your feelings about me at this point in this conversation and context? Hardly. I'm supposed to love my neighbors as myself, 
and I need Windex to clean up the reflection. As you try to treat me like a doormat, I'll treat you like a mind-controlled frat boy. Now get to stepping away from my presence, peasant. In peace. (laughs) You remind me of a bumper sticker, Clarence, that I wanted to have made years ago that said, don't piss off a poet. You could become their next poem. Yes. <laughs> I'm sitting there, funny thank God. Is, thank God he likes me. <laughs> you know? Yes. The funny thing is this has to do with the healthcare industry and working with somebody that, you know, you have to set it in their place sooner or later. <laughs> hmm. I love the line, the line in there. You know, and I talk a lot about, um, in writing, I talk a lot about being able to come up with surprising imagery, you know, things that are unexpected, things that make you, you know, when you're listening to something, you know, you could be listening to a Christmas carol, and Christmas carols are about all the same, and so, you know, they they all run together once after a while, you know, they're just one big, long, never-ending song, right? But when you read something and, or you hear something, and it's totally out of the, I just, out of the blue, you hear something and it just kind of makes your head snap. And what would they just say? But you're really good at coming up with imagery like that. And I love the part right off the bat where you said you've been living. And forgive me if I don't say it correctly, but you've been living rent free in my mind. But here's your eviction notice. It's like, damn, <laughs> <Get> the <laughs> hell out. <laughs> I mean, how how much how much more plain and blatant could that? I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. Thank you very much, Nyla. I just picture walking up with a note and stapling it in the middle of someone's forehead. Thunk. <laughs> oh, yeah. That got dark, yeah. didn't it? Wow. <laughs> no, that's about right. <laughs> I'll leave out the stapler just for, you know, yeah. the kids are listening. Yeah. <laughs> hey, are you going to read a second one for us, honey? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, this piece I've entitled Thus, T-H-U-S. So I um, wish I wasn't distracted by someone else's tactics that causes me to take actions to inspect and ask myself, is it me being ravenous in these facts of being attracted to the opposite sex? Yet I'm respectful to keep it in my pants. I see clearly cleavage and butts. Look, but don't touch. What is the protocol? Do I know any more at all how to show admiration for what God has made in you? I call you my sister, especially to keep you distant. I'm hesitant, sensitive, never persistent, because in this Me Too movement, I'm guilty until proven innocent. I've been rendered domesticated, tamed in this system I call my home as a citizen Finding out what's really accepted is sissies. But I'm fighting for a certain privilege to remain made in God's image. I'm a man who respects women, so don't treat me like I'm a criminal. And cut me down until I'm impotent and afraid to be intimate with any lady that shows interest in my presence and my intellect. I don't rape and I don't assault with my eyes, my paws, or my thoughts. Even though I'm visual, like most guys, 
I turn my head and cough. I'm generalized and accused, my my identity mistaken and confused. I pray when you read this, realize I've been playing by the rules. The hunter is no longer hungry. Guess I'm one of the hundreds who's out there still wondering, what's the purpose of me coming here? The hunter under surgery. In peace. You know, it's... I feel really bad for men in this day and age. You know, and I can't speak for the whole purpose of your poem, but there were parts of it that really hit me hard. Um, Like when you said, call you sister to keep you distant. And, you know, talking about, um, you know, I I wouldn't make, I, I don't make a real good female in this day and age. Because I still feel like my greatest power as a woman comes from being female, comes from being a woman. I love being a woman, right? right? And I get so upset when, you know, I don't get up in the morning and put on makeup and curl my hair and do all that crap that I do so that when I look in the mirror, I look good for myself. The pandemic has proved that for many of us. I get up in the morning, I'm lucky if I change my pajamas, right? So (laughs) when we go out, we do that so that we feel attractive, we look attractive and all that. And then I see these girls do all this stuff to make themselves absolutely beautiful, but then get mad when someone notices that they are. Right. You know, we have to allow people their humanity we have to you know like you know if you're walking down the street nowadays and you're a guy and you see a pretty girl it's not like it used to be you couldn't whistle at her right because then it's sexual harassment you can't tell someone they look nice you can't approach a woman you know without having to run a 70 different scenarios through your head on what's the correct conduct and the way to talk you know if mm-hmm. i'm walking down the street and a man whistles that makes me smile now, if he jumps out and and tries to touch the tatas, you know I'm going to karate kick him, you know. But there, there are yeah. there are respectful there are respectful ways of showing admiration for each other in this world. You know, I'm surprised people get together at all anymore. How do they get together? Right. You know, maybe that's why there's so many people meeting online nowadays because it's simpler than walking up to someone on the street and not knowing what the result of that's going to be. Yeah. You don't know which way to go. I mean, this has been an emasculated time now. And I, I understand, you know, you can't be all vulgar in anything. You're not supposed to be. No, no. But, but when you're being given okay a compliment and just go, that's it. You're not trying you to know, get with them. You're just giving a compliment. I remember this was maybe six, seven years ago. I was walking out of a Sherry's restaurant, and a guy – was walking, leaving at the same time as me, and he held the door open for me, and I went out, and as I walked past, he said, you're really beautiful. And I just kind of looked down and kept walking. And and halfway mm-hmm. across the parking lot, I wondered, why in the hell did I do that? Why Why did I do that? And I turned around, and I walked back over to him, and I told him, I am really sorry I was so rude. That was a really nice thing for you to say to me, and it really meant a lot, and thank you. And I smiled, and I walked away. 
Yeah, you know, he wasn't trying to man. hit on me. He wasn't coming on to me. He was, right. but but I was just an ass. I was a bitch to him, and he didn't deserve that. And I thought, you know, how sad is it that that I have been programmed to be hateful towards someone who showed me kindness? Mm-hmm. You know, and there are there are differences. There there is sexual harassment out there, and there is right. all of these really bad things that simple things can lead to. I'm not unaware of that, but I'm talking about the true innocence of being human you know male female interactions so you know it it really is sad to me that you know and and me myself i'm a perfect example of how bad that is is you know i was so mean to that guy that was rude and i had to go back and tell him yep because this is how i am nyla i'm maybe i'm too nice (laughs) But that's the way I am. I'm, I've always been a guy that will give a compliment and then keep going. There's no ulterior motive. And then some women will take it the wrong way. Some women will get attached and try to get with me. And then there's some women that's like, oh, you're trying to harass me. So it's like, what do we do? We just shut up, not say nothing. That's basically the way it is now. I agree. It's scary. It's sad. It makes me sad that we're losing part. There's so much that we're losing and it's being taken away from us that we don't even realize and we aren't going to realize it until it's completely gone. And it's sad to see things socially that we are killing because of our self being self-absorbed and intolerant of of our humanness. And I'm not talking about the bad things, but I'm talking about the things right. that are suffering while we are trying to figure out a way to to fix the bad things. You know, there's better ways to do this. Yep, nothing, exactly. nothing is ever absolute. So, you know, you've written a good poem when it provokes that kind of an emotional response. So good job, my dear. Thank you. Thank you very <laughs> much for having me tonight and hope to do this next week. We would love to have you back. Thank you for being a consistent part of our family now. We're really glad you found us, honey. And thank you for the prompts. I picked out a few. So. Oh, good. And I'm going to get back to the haikus. <laughs> awesome. You know, you get special kudo points. I actually give you special kudo points on your page if you bring your homework back and read it. Okay. Will do. Just, just an thank FYI, you, you guys. <laughs> You're welcome, Clarence. We'll talk to you next week, hon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and give you our next four callers, three callers again. We have, oh, wow, I just lost my lines. All right. I I lost everything but five lines just now. So if you just got kicked off the board, please, I have the numbers all written down in order. So you won't lose your place in line. But if you just got kicked off, try calling back. If you get a fast, busy signal, just keep trying. The five callers I have are area code 848, then we have 256-216-740, and then we have um, the 848-224. We still have you down there in line, but you aren't in the lineup, so 848-224 if you want to come on press 1. All right, let's go ahead and bring area code 848-234 on. Oh, hey, can you hear me? <laughs> I can, sweetie. Hi, How are you doing? 
so, How you doing, oh, Gregory? Why, thank you for being kind. Oh, it's, it's lovely. Thanks. It's all right. <laughs> or maybe apologize for any time I was egocentrical. How are you? <laughs> hey, no, serious. Oh, good vibes. Oh, that's weird. Okay, one, are shows starting to open up in your area, Oregon? They are not yet, no. In Colorado, they are. Okay, now, in Oregon, are you near, or where's all that um, Ken Kesey, like, Grateful Dead stuff located? I don't know. I haven't heard about that. Where is it? Oh, I don't know. I'm not that cool. Now, now. Okay, (laughs) when... (laughs) I'm I'm in Salem. I'm I'm in Salem, which is about an hour south of Portland. I'm sorry? I'm in Salem, which is about an hour south of Portland. Okay, that makes that okay. Now, when Lawrence Fairlingetti passed away, was that in big headlines in the newspaper? Not that I saw. Oh, okay. Anyhow, but you when, have to understand too. I have very select places I get my news from. I don't watch the. I don't have TV, so I don't watch news on TV. I don't get the newspapers. Wow. I've worked in media since I was 18 years old, and I know how the media works, and I have such a disdain for it. <laughs> so, you know, you just just tea? saying. You smoke cigarettes? No. I know. I'm just trying to be silly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me rage through two things, and since okay. then it, no, I just want to be joyful. Do you know what shirt you wear? What's that? The Rolling Stones song or something? Anyhow, Dennis called in a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have to do something from the Dennis file. So six, seven, eight. Prophets racked out on popsicle sticks, crucifix. Ah, they void the myth of selfless sacrifice. The small-headed medium and the torment of the clairvoyant, they're thrown off the tartan cliffs, and straw horses are drawn, they're drawn into the void. Constellations impersonate the sleep of the immortals. Philosophers conspire to rule by fire. Astrologers name the stars after their muse. This is just this week's madness. Consciousness on the <laughs> Every time Dennis, yeah, we always follow up. It's great. Okay, this is just um, a flash file. This is no beginning, middle, or ending. These are just, you know, lines that just, you know, how that goes. Consciousness on the train, the meditation beginning in visions of fire and light, and COVID is the vision, and the anger and the hate and the white mask and the black hat and the Caucasian friction, the thriving virus, the water, the fire, and the porous creatures with their salt flesh, defenseless as their eyes scream with their spirits denied. For no one, no one's that, no one, no one's that free from the rain, and the southern slave economics and the truculent wind, may their mouths be full of ash. Ah, the superior arrogance, no, Death defeats the darkness, and may your tears of reverse, rebirth on the verge, and you're closed, and you're locked out, and you're stationary, and you're legally cruel. It's, sa- it's insanity. It's a city of ceaseless seasons. It's an empty hall where the voices of the last conversation of someone you loved was ever heard. It's a triangulated inferno. 
fat infection. It's a weakness. It's a weakness that's true to the self and the mirror and the window that everyone can see through except you and yourself. You know, I'm just yelling at clan freaks. <laughs> Last line's just, you know, yelling at the clan freaks. Okay, so Sunday's like Irish day. It's the Irish down here, whatever. All the bars are packed. All the bands are outside. Maskless. Everybody's maskless. So we're still, I'm going with after April 1st, when there's more of that kind of, um, tra- et cetera, traveling, that, you know, people are going to start getting sick again. My other friend's going with, like, every 20 days. So he's, before that, this is just us, you know, bantering back and forth. Now, yeah, do I you expect think, to see the numbers go up again. You do, correct? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so how come we think that? Because of the people, all the people gathering that aren't being safe, I guess. Is no, no. Put it. Okay, you sure? It's not like a heavy conversation. This is, you know, how we banter back and forth. So you're yeah. going with, okay, so how's your vaccinations where you are? Uh, they're running behind. Well, yeah. I won't get mine for quite a while. I'm not old enough to get mine anytime soon, so that kind of sucks. But we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. It's one of those things that... It's like walking on the edge of a razor. You you don't know which way to move your foot that's okay. going to keep you from getting it sliced off. You know, it's just, it's, I know it's a crazy time. So you would go to a, a center or a, whatever drugstore you have? Or, or so what happens when you go online to try to find an appointment? I don't know. I've not done it yet. Okay. That's all. That's this week's. Volley. <laughs> this week's thought for provoking yeah. thought. Oh, of course. My thought you know, provoker, right? A thought provoker. Well, we're into that mm-hmm. jamming and, and going back and forth. You mm-hmm. know, okay, we have a, a lot of like mindedness, but, and that's only when it borderlines like cruelty then you kind of get shut out of the conversation because you're not being rational. You're, it's not even an opinion. You're just being, you know, mean or however you yeah. say it. Yeah. So we're open for all that. But if you're not going to be nice, you know, we're not going to consider a part of a credi- credible back and forth. Exactly. Be, it's like a yeah, musician. Okay, I'm kind of out of swirl. Like, <laughs> I know, whatever. No, we All right, Greg, we tell us how to find your baby. Oh, nobody wants. Oh, I wish you could find more people. Hellbook's still wild. Hey, what do you think of that? You're too old for TikTok, though, right? You don't do TikTok. No. No, I didn't think so. Anyhow, there's just like Justin Beaver's shooting, playing basketball. He's shooting baskets. This is a Selena Gomez show. And all of a sudden, there's like three to five rows. And, you know, it's pure emotion. And they so you go, oh, he knows you're here and he's with her. And it, it's pretty tri- it's 
pretty wild. It's easy to just, and you bring everybody in. You go, no, hey, you, you know, as far as you can go, you in that row. No, everybody come in. Everybody, you know, come together. You know, we're all in this. Isn't it exciting? And it, it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's so easier than, no, you just bring everybody in. And you have you equal their emotion. We moved like, I forget who it was, some other like teeny bopper thing. You know, like that, you know, over 1,800 people. So that's all. Just figure, you know, and that's all because stuff that's coming up. Yeah, they're going to open the shows too soon here, but that's all money grab. Hey, what do you think of money? Are you like a money freak? Um... I mean, I know probably I not. Under- not probably not in the sense that you're asking. No. Yeah, right. But of course, economics are economics. So we've been kicking that around too. You know, as like long as I've got enough money to go in my gas tank so I can go somewhere and get lost, I'm good. Yeah, right. And then that gets into the. I don't want to start divaricating off, and you know the priority fame. You know, all that and. That's all. I figure we're kind of the same. It's like, dude, if you think you're going to be famous, first of all, it's very stammering. It's very limiting. And plus it puts like a time restraint on you. What do they call that? False expectations? Is that a, a kind of way to describe it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're not that good looking. You might think you are. That's all. There's some, But there's a ton of freaking good music out there. Okay. You don't know we're all like that old Grateful Dead, Ken Kesey? That's where it all comes from. You don't have like it? I always ask that. Okay. Hey, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. You can put anything you want on my Hellbook page on Facebook. Want to put your palms up? Do ever, ever you want. It's open, open. There's no involved. I don't, it's all for you. Anything you want to put on my Hellbook page, you are free to promote. Promote. Promoting fun. That's all. I'm going to be the poet in a year or two. We're going to get some festivals going on. Or it will all implode. We don't care. Okay, that's all. <laughs> no, we're still fucked. But, yeah, we'll see what happens. You have to wait for the Metropolitan Opera to get your... Eh, I don't want to sound like that. Okay, hey, just please be at peace. There's just so much, you know, throat cutting and really weirdness. That's all. Don't be cookie cutter. Be original. <laughs> Whatever. Indeed, do be. Oh, all right, Gregory, you're awesome. awesome. Thank you, sweetheart. Well, awesome. Appreciate you I so much. Awesome. I got a kiss tonight. Oh, thanks for thanks for you know, send me the the psychiatrist, fuck you know, you uh, fucking <laughs> doctor, Pepper. Okay, let me get out of here. <laughs> Bye, Gregory. Thanks for letting me vent, not vent. Yeah, let me listen. I, I love it. Thanks. All right, baby. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, our n- next caller comes from area code 256. 256, you're on the air. Good evening, Nyla. Hey, sweetheart. How are you? Much better now that I am finally, thank God, able to get back here. We have, you know... I don't want to put you in the poetry corner or anything like that, but we've missed you. It's been too long. 
very long, very long. But you notice you get the invitation every single week. I just want you to know we've not forgotten about you, that, that there's and a I place here waiting for you. Easy Cafe, and I've not forgotten you, dear lady. Thank you. I'm glad. I feel so much better now. Huh. And for those who may not know who this is, this is Stan Phillips from Alabama. <laughs> so what's been going on with you? What have you been doing poetically? Just kind of fill us in. What did you bring tonight? Why did you bring what you brought? What is awesome about you sharing it yes. with us? Just what's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. Life, pretty much. A lot of dramas going on. A lot of other things going on. Very little in the way of poetry, actually. I've, I've been barely able to keep up with two groups and my own co-hosting a show. And I've been barely able to manage that. It, it's been basically chaos. And this has been one of the few stable moments. <laughs> so... <laughs> I took this you get a stable to... moment and you're sharing it with us. I love you so much. Yes. Thank you. Yes, because I I have missed my venues. I have missed them so badly. And Stevie Oh. And as far as what I brought, you said for us to get outside just poetry. Mm-hmm. So I decided I would bring some homework where I used four prompts that I was given. Note the cost, lips like scissors, silence before the lion, and the church doors are closed. And the flash fiction scenario is going to your favorite coffee shop, ask for the usual Something else comes across the counter. Oh, this is going to be awesome. Okay, I'm excited. <laughs> you got my toes curling. Okay, good. I like that. <laughs> the title of the flash fiction is Past Due. Another morning in the life awaiting opportunity to acquire gains and leverage. He strolls to the cafe to begin his regimented routine. His usual order of coffee, his usual chair and daily reports of stock activities, trends, and possible businesses, sales, under duress. People flow in and out unnoticed. No one says good to see you. Or, how's your day going? No one says his name simply because they don't know him. He prefers that. Why let any close enough to know you distract your focus on business? Sloppy thinking can cost profits. One must note the cost of emotional follies. He maintains a well-honed edge on his wits. This allows him the negotiating edge. Without hesitation, his words pass lips like scissors, razor edge to find every weakness. Thus a business in distress is carved down to a minimal overhead. 
then dissected into profitable pieces and gone. Opportunity and leverage. Desperation is a lucrative field of harvest. As for those who rely on wages from this company to sustain, attrition is part of a business predator. Some sacrificed to further the advantage of others. The way of the world. Be the wolf who eats the sheep or be the meal that feeds the wolf. You must also pick your targets wisely. There are predators more formidable than you. Even a wolf knows to hold in silence before the lion. Even catastrophes afford opportunities. A tenement fire burns out an old neighborhood. People die, lose all, end up homeless. Even the church doors are closed due to fire damage. No sanctuary available. Tragic, but irrelevant to gain. The property now evolves into condos and high-end shops. Urban renewal, the justification of profits and city aesthetics. He delves deeper into his papers, assuring every potential opportunity is noted. It's then his order arrives on a slip of paper. He unconsciously reaches for it, then realizes something is quite wrong. The cup is black as tar and empty. Still, an odor most foul and septic comes from it. What in the hell is the meaning of this, he bellows. Now he sees there is no flow of people, nor anyone but him in the cafe. Is there a problem, sir? Can I help you? The barista asks. The only light visible is on he and the server. What the hell is going on here, he demands. You have been served, sir. That is all, the barista replies. This is not what I fucking ordered. Where's the goddamn manager he wore? The barista with cool, detached, calm answers. Understand, sir, that I am a representative of the management. I have served countless souls over a very long time. You might consider me a processor of sorts a collector of accounts out of balance and past due. Yours has reached that status. Bullshit! Do you have any idea who I am? The man screamed. I could buy and sell your ass a thousand times over, you peon. This shit is not what I ordered. The barista replied. Sir, I never said this is what you ordered. It is, however, what you have earned. You see, the cup is the collection of debts owed to the management not remitted. The stench comes from the time these debts are unaddressed. The cup is empty because of a lack in attempts to correct this. I assure you, you you were allotted ample time to bring these books in balance. Unfortunately, You chose affluence, profit, and greed over conscience, compassion, and humanity. I am here to inform you 
that slip of paper under the cup is your final notice. If even a token attempt was made to correct this, there might have been leniency. No attempts are on record. It is my duty to inform you that your account is now in foreclosure as past due and your soul to be returned back to management in peace. <laughs> oh, I bet that makes people think twice next time they go to order coffee at a coffee shop, finding out that the barista is the ferryman. <laughs> Oh, just imagine that. That's that's an amazing piece. I absolutely loved it. You know, I really like that you shared that with us because I do. I tell people all the time that we're not just poets, we're writers. And we really need to push ourselves and give ourselves permission to sit down and write things that instead of putting the pressure on ourselves thinking every time we sit down we have to write a poem, we don't. We just have to sit down and write. I don't care what you write. Um and so a lot of the exercises that I did and, and gave all of last year really pushed people to do that. So I'm really glad you're the very first person who has brought one of those stories back and shared it. So oh. super, super special kudos to you, my darling. Oh, well, thank you, my dear. I appreciate that. I do. You are very welcome. I thought it was awesome. There was a line, what was it, um, something about, you know, you, you either eat you either eat or you're the meal, and then there was something you know. Even oh. the the wolf knows to be silent in front of the lion. I thought that was really yes. a neat line. Yes. Well, it was a very neat line that you gave me because that was one of yours. Silence Which before one? the lion. Oh. Silence before the lion. Yes. No wonder it was such a great line. We we we, we <laughs> both created this masterpiece out of our brains together. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. I liked it. I I thought you did a great job. You get so so many gold stars. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. You would look like a disco light right now if you were in front of me. All the little gold stars all over you. <laughs> thank you. How's that for imagery? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh Awesome. All right. Do me a favor, my love, and tell everyone how they can find find you. Well, you can find me in the groups Garden of Poetry and Prose and also in Poetry of Springs Embrace. You can, when I have a chance, even though it's not often, it seems, find me on Nyla's Speakeasy Cafe. Uh, occasionally on Sylvia Blaylock's Poetry in the Raw. Um, You can definitely find me Saturdays on the Epiphany Radio where I co-host a program called Poetic Therapy with a lady, Danielle, who is also known as La Perla Negra. Oh, that sounds sexy. And I know, doesn't it? <laughs> Say it again. Say it again. La Perla Negra. Yes, I like it. Okay, go ahead. Yes. And you can also find me in the 2017, 2018, and 2019 
anthologies of world poetry open mic, and also in our late great friend Philip Kent Church's anthology, Outlaw Poetry Were in Cahoots. And possibly in the 2020 anthology of World Poetry Open Mic, I don't know for sure. I haven't talked to Michael in a bit, either. <laughs> Things have been crazy. That indeed they have. Sweetheart, thank you so much for making time to be here. I know that things are crazy and really busy for you, but we're your family, and we love you. And even when you're not here, you're still here with us, and I want you to always remember and know that that you are really important to us, and we care about you and what's going on with you, and, you know, always there with you even when you're not here. Thank you. And I'm not going to make you promises because lately – Things have been a little bit too chaotic, but I, I will understand. say this. I will endeavor to be more present. I will take your endeavor to heart. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you, Stan. Great job, my sweetheart. And thank you, Nyla, and on to the next. <laughs> Bye-bye, hon. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller is Everybody's favorite girl. Area code 216, you're on the air. Two one six, are you with me? Two one six. Alright, that's pretty sure that's mama. Let me check yeah, that's mama. Mama, are you there? We're going to go ahead and mute Mom, and we'll come back to her. Let's go ahead and bring on area code 740. 740, you're on the air. Hi, Nyla. This is Sean Cocker. Hi, Sean. I'm so glad you were there. I was being to think I was here by myself. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? I'm awesome, sweetheart. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Um, I started writing again recently, and I thought, I just need some Nyla time. So here I am. <laughs> I love it when you come for Nyla time. So oh, yeah. How, so what's I, been going on with you, Sean? How have you been? Um, not too bad. Um, when I uh, get back to the pen a little bit, it's usually after a love loss or a loss of some kind. And, and I've had a few of those lately, so as far as that and so I'm writing again and I thought what's the best way to express this and I thought of you so you know it's a horrible thing to say but so many writers say that's absolutely the truth our greatest writing comes out of our misery the worst thing to happen to a poet is for them to become content you know, and I don't think that we look at breakups the same way. You know, if someone, if I break up with somebody, it's like, okay, yes, I'm so sad. Oh, heartbreak. Cry, cry. Hurry up and get out. Okay, yeah, you can have the china. And I don't care if you keep my sweater. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, go on. I was, out the door. You're wasting my writing time. You're not gone yet. <laughs> I'm not done ready. Come on, I'm ready to be miserable. We leave. I want to write something. You know, so I don't think that we look at pain the same. It's almost like a drug. Pain, heartache, struggle is like a drug for a poet. 
Yes, and finding a way to channel that drug, <clears throat> well, that's poetry, right? Mm-hmm. So I have this piece I'd like to share with you. Uh, right up that alley. This piece is untitled, and here we go. 34 years to finally realize that my self-proclaimed value of patience with my own worst enemy. Three, might have loved me. Two, gave me their heart. One thing remains. I think I've finally found a way to love myself. Home alone with a good tune and an eternity of thought. I just bought a brand new key to this priceless heart available to the first piece that fits the broken puzzle. Am I yearning to be fixed or to be broken apart just right? The tighter the puzzle piece fits, the more of a fight I will give. The one fight I've yet to win. This heartfelt puzzle to my own love. Have I figured it out? Pieces missing still. In the phone. Peace is missing still. That was incredible, Sean. Thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome. Very welcome. How are you going to read two pieces tonight? I can do that, yeah. Awesome. Okay, here's here's one. I'm just going to pull, I'm just going to pull a random one up. Okay, here we go. This piece is also currently untitled. My hands tremble with anticipation. I'm close. Thanks to count in the red, but not as red as the fire in my eyes. Maybe I'm just on the wrong dose. I'm really not sure anymore if it's the lithium or the disease. But the numbness is lifting. I let it match in my soul because my heart has already bled too much ink. It's time for them to hear my voice. I won't give up this easily. End of poem. If it's the lithium or the disease, you know, sometimes a cure is worse than the sickness, right? Yeah, and, and I'm sure we both know what I'm talking about. Um you know, I, I, um, I won't hold back. You know, mental illness <clears throat> is uh, something a lot of people don't understand, and some people understand it too well and still can't fix it. But it's uh, that's really it's funny fun to me. Is there's such everybody has a label and everybody has a stigma and everybody has an opinion and everybody's so freaking judgy. You could put any person in this world in front of a therapist for five minutes, and they would put a label on it. You know, we all have our weird quirks. We all have our little rainbows inside of us. You know, I don't know why people are so judgy. (laughs) You know, something I've learned to realize is that we're all wired differently. But Mm -hmm. nobody wants, yeah, and some people don't want to understand that and, like you said, judge. Like, well, my brain don't work that way, and I do just fine doing this, so why can't they do this? 
Well, that's not really how it works. No, no. <laughs> you know, I always, say it's, I always say it's like, you know, any kind of a mental illness is a hard thing. You know, we all have hard things we go through, and some of them are super hard. Um, you know, Christopher, who hosts with me once in a while, works in the mental health field, and I just I know some of the stuff that he goes through um, just is heartbreaking with the, with some of the kids that he works with. It has to be, and but at the same time, I think if the world was not so judgy, if they didn't give us labels and expect us to fit neatly into them so they feel better about themselves, that we would understand that we are just what we are. You know, we would be more accepting, people would be more accepting of themselves. And, you know, one time I wrote a line, you know, don't lick the red off my rainbow, because if you do, you change every hue. And I wrote that for a girlfriend of mine who has schizophrenia. And, you know, she's learned learned ways to cope with it. And it is so hard for her. And I see her go through it, and it's so hard. You know, but if you took that aspect of her away, she everything about her would change. She would no longer be who she is, and she's amazing, you know. And I think that more people need to realize that even with their quirks, it's what makes them amazing. You know, you can't – why? Why would we all want to be normal? Why would we all want to walk into a store and the only thing on the shelves is a white box? And the same thing is in every box. That's the only choice we have. It's our diversity, our differences, the things that – are not the same that make everything amazing and great and worth living, you know? Okay, I'm done. You know you've got a good poem when it provokes that emotional response, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is an, a beautiful, beautiful insight that I can honestly use that as advice for myself. So that was, that was great to hear for me and for anyone listening. You know, I I have ADD, and it okay. is seriously like um, having a merry-go-round on your, in your mind, and you you're walking around trying to keep the music going and everything in line, and the smallest thing can make a spring pop, and the entire thing explodes, and all your horses go running in different directions. I wrote a poem about that once. Maybe I'll read it at the end of the show because I'm supposed to read something tonight, but all your horses go running in different directions, and it's crazy and chaos, and it just happens so fast, and there's no way to rein it in, and you stand there frozen because you don't know which horse you should be chasing first or which ribbon you should catch or which piece of glass you should dodge. I mean, it's it's insane, and you know, they told me, well, we'll give you medicine for that, and it's like, but no. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I know what you mean. I can honestly stand here sorry, 20 years later from my first diagnosis, and I'm no better as far as the disease than I was when I was given my first medication. I'm no better. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't I want to change the red on my rainbow. I'll keep my red. Yeah. But wasn't for really my red, I wouldn't not. have the orange or the yellow or the blue. <laughs> that is perfect, yes. Yeah. All right, sweetheart, do me a favor. You haven't been here in a while. Please remind everybody again who you are and how they can come show you some love. My name is Sean Tucker, and you can find me on Facebook as just that, Sean Tucker. And you can, um, if you would like, um, I do have two 
self-published books that you can check out on Amazon.com. Um, Embrace the Rain is the most recent book. Um, and I'd be more than happy to interact with any of you guys. So, you know, send me an ad or shoot me a message. There's really no chain on the show. <laughs> Very cool. Well, do me a favor if you think about it. Throw the links to your books and stuff on my page so people can find it easily. I will, and thank you for that. Yes, I'd love that. Do you mind if I put together a little, you know, one of those little videos I make and um, post this recording, like our, the poem I read on my Facebook? You can do anything you want, baby. All right. I- I'm not the boss of <laughs> <to> you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. All right. So, you know, try to come back more often. I really enjoy it when you're able to get here. You know, I know that life, sometimes, you know, we have to spin too many plates and some of them drop once in a while. But just know that, you know, this is home for you. And, you know, we're always here and you always always have a place at the table. You know, it doesn't matter how long you're gone. You're always welcome here. You, this is your home. That's, that's great to hear. So I'll, I'll be back soon. Um, next Thursday you're, you're on? Every Thursday. Okay. All right. Take care, dear. All right, Sean. Thank you, honey. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 848. 848, you're on the air. All right. 848224. 848. Our next caller comes from area code 848. 848, you're on the air. How do I unmute? I can hear you, honey. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> hi. Uh, my name is Rebecca, um, and I'm new here. Uh, your so name, can you turn down your, can you turn down the computer because it's giving us an echo, a feedback. Sorry, sorry. That's okay. Um, I'm new, so my name is Rebecca Burns, and um, I have two pieces to read. Uh, the first one is called Planet B, and I use the prompt, uh, the lips like scissors. Uh, lips like scissors. Like splinters, I don't want to cut a corner, calling the corner, because I'm beyond explaining and retaining. Poured coffee out on the floor. Please don't ask me to be somebody more, somebody else. If you see me running, if you see me curbing my secrets, relying less than cunning, this is the part where everyone always laughs. I look at the back door, always searching for more. Meet me at the shore. Time has spun its line. Time to go. Time to stay. Didn't you want more? Okay. Sway the feelings moving past the feelings, pushing by on people we didn't exactly like nor realize. Smiles and yelling. Aren't we finally free or are we nothing at all? Feeling, feeling. Into the car, door ajar, blinking alarms. Do you know who I am and who you are not? And the second one is, this uh, is called Nutshell. This is in a nutshell, smashed on the floor. I saw ten dogs on the side of the road driving late last night to your apartment, and I thought it was an omen 
so I headed on back home and walked in circles around my room alone. And, oh, my God, is this really what you want? Would you tell me if it's not? And could you rewrite the plot and come and get us? Yeah, come and get us. Shivering cold, I woke up in water and wrapped myself around the toilet seat. I spoke in tongues and took off all my clothes. The tops of my fingers touched the tops of my toes. And, oh, my God, is this really what you want? Would you tell us if it's not? And could you rewrite this plot and come and get us? Because we can't stop doing what we think we want, even though we, even though we know it's not. This place is merely a subplot to come and get us. I've never felt this way before. I am running away from what I've always been running towards. Belief, believe in me, because I don't know if reason's ever going to see why love would come to die to leave. Oh, my God, is this really what you want? Would you tell me if it's not? And could you rewrite the plot and come and get me? Because we can't stop doing what we think we want, even though we know it's not. This place is merely a subplot to come and get us. I watched the sky turn from blue to black to red to yellow, too, before the purple dawn was filling up my room. And for a brief moment, I heard the whole earth groaning like there was something that it needed me to do. Thank you. Those were amazing. Let me ask you this. First of all, how do you spell your name? Uh, R-E-B-E-K-A-H. Perfect. Okay. And Burns. Um, and it's what? Burns. Just regular Burns. Burns. Okay. Thank you. Um, have you ever had, have you ever written songs or had any of your stuff put to music? No. And <laughs> I've been thinking about taking up guitar. <laughs> I, I thought that in when you were reading the first piece it was like you know you, as you went through your as you went through the piece and listening to the sound of it listening to, the, to your structure and writing listening to your rhyme schemes and everything it was very melodical but when you Thank read you. your second piece and you had the repetitive verse in there that I mean, I, I all I could, the entire thing. I was just getting really super excited because that needs to be that that piece, that piece needs to be set to music. <laughs> it, that needs to be a song. That I mean, it it just does. The whole message uh, in it, the repetitive verse, everything was incredible. Thank you, thank you so much. It was. Um, I mean, even the the, the subject of it. It was it was very unsettling. It was very edgy. Very good. I loved it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Oh, and um, you can find me on YouTube at uh, Rebecca Burns, spelled with a K A H, um, and R S V P A S A P, and I'm on Instagram, uh, Facebook with R S V P A S A P, as well. Awesome. Well, great reads tonight. And now that you've found your way here, um, how did you find the show, by the way? Um, through Dennis um, from Jersey. Oh, awesome. Well, we'll definitely have to thank him. Um, but I'm glad you found your way here. And now that you've been here, you're mm-hmm. part of the family. I hope that you will come back again next week and share with us again. And uh, I would really like to have you uh, connect with one of our poets who 
takes our poems and puts things to music. He's also a songwriter. And maybe the two okay. of you could work together. Um, you know, he's done a couple of my poems where he's just taken the poems, and I told him, here's the poem, do whatever you want with it to turn it into a song. And he comes back with something that's really amazing. So it's a lot of fun doing that. Um, so, you know, maybe it would be cool if I could introduce you to him and see what he could do putting that into a song for you. So you, you can hear it. That sounds great. It's fun. It's so incredible, crazy, crazy fun when you when someone takes your work and, <laughs> and all of a sudden you hear them singing it. It's very surreal. So I'm glad you found your way here. Welcome to the family, Rebecca. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You have a good night. You too, hon. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Okay. Our next caller comes from area code five seven five five seven five. You are on the air. Oh, hello, Nyla. Hey, sweetheart, how are you? Fine, how are you doing? This is Jade Miss. (laughs) You sound very low today. Oh, well, sort of in a goth sort of mood. I like it. Also, I don't know how, thank you very much. And I called in rather, I tuned in rather late, but I got some of the the seeds that you usually offer for a little mm-hmm. inspiration. Mm-hmm. So I tr- I'm trying a style of poem called Bop. Are you familiar with that? No. It, no, it was made up by a, a Michael Weaver at something called the Summer Retreat, the Cave, Cayman Retreat, I've just been going mm-hmm. online trying to find different kinds of styles, but anyway, um, I can How do you give it a go it? if you'd like. Bop, B-O-P, B-O-P. Bop, oh, oh bop. bop, okay. Style. All right, go ahead. Okay, um, it's called In the Box You Left. Here. It is here, the thing they seek, a moon, a cyclops eye, stares down at us, a shovel cuts into soil, the feel of mud neath our feet, the sound of thunder, more shovels fight the earth, misting rain congeals the dirt, now it is forced away from an old and glorious hole in the ground. At last, my proof, they would not believe. No more can they ignore the trails of blood, the paths of horror. Please be a sleepy nightmare, the sound of thunder. Here it truly is, like thunder itself, crying away the top, bleeding tears in all their eyes, no tears in my eyes. I knew your presence, your siren voice, all wringing their hands, motioning towards the void in the box you left, the sound of thunder rolls, and there you have it. Wow. That was phenomenal. I Googled the bop and I'm posting that as a poetic form on my page. 
so people can try it out. But that that was incredible. That's a fairly new form for what I'm seeing, right? Yeah, it is. It's um, the poem structuring, according to that, is um, it's um, three. Each stanza is fit, is followed by a refrain. First stanza is six lines long, presents a problem. Second stanza is eight lines long. Third stanza is about six lines long and comes down with something of a solution. And that's uh, called Bop, B-O-P, Bop, by uh, uh, Michael Weaver. His first name, A-F-A-A, Michael Weaver. Arthur? Uh, Arthur Michael. Arthur, yeah. Arthur, Arthur Michael Weaver. So, Very cool. There's my first Bop. That's exciting. I'm so excited for you. You did a great job on it. I, I had to Google it real and pull it up the structure of it so I could listen for it while I was reading. And, yeah, you did a fantastic job on that. I'm excited. I'm going to try one thank now. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Very good. But, oh, thank you. And uh, that's just the one for the night. Uh, so, uh, as I say, on to your next caller. And uh, cheers until next time. <laughs> oh, and uh, as always, um, my only my only forum is right here at Speakeasy Cafe. Well, we appreciate you being here, sweetheart, so much. Thank you, and you did a fantastic job tonight. Oh, thanks again. Be seeing you. <laughs> bye, bye, hun. All right, let's go ahead and see if we can get Mama back on the line. Two and six, are you there? Yeah, I must have fell asleep. Oh my God. I'll, you don't uh, snore. That's a good news. That's good news. I wasn't. I wasn't facing the phone. I had the phone in the back of my head. It you were laying the there, all angelic. Your hair spewed out onto the crossed satin pillowcase. Your perfectly painted lips slightly parting as whispers of dreams flew out into the air. Yeah, that was me. It was you. Yeah, it was me. Mhm. Yeah. I was lying there, and my lips partially parted, <laughs> breathing softly. Through perfectly no painted lips. No, no, I already licked all the paint off. I was so sleepy. I'm tired. I went to the doctor today. Uh, that's always fun. Uh, let me get comfortable. Well, she was really funny, and then the doctor came in, and he was really handsome. He took his mask off and made sure that I saw how handsome he was. <laughs> and I said, oh, he said, well, I want you to be able to recognize me when, I, when you see me. I said, oh, you just want to make sure that I saw how handsome you were. That's all. <laughs> you know, all we can work with is what God gave us, right? Yeah. <laughs> so then so- I left there and went to another store, and my grandpa rushed me to that store because he didn't want to be in there, but that was the fun store. So then left that store to that. I was just, like, hungry, so he stopped and got food. I only got the side dishes. I didn't get any meat because I already had chicken at home. So I had green beans, no, greens and 
I had KM, greens, and macaroni and cheese, and I already had chicken at home. So I made dinner while I was waiting on the first part of the show. Then I ate while I was listening to the first part of the show because I have heard you say that I didn't have one. So I <laughs> put one and came in here and got comfortable. Then I, I didn't even hear you call me this first time. I just kind of woke up and heard that nobody called, called me, so... And right when I was getting ready to wake up, <laughs> I heard you say, go back and see. Well, I'm glad you woke up. That, that kind of scared me. That kind of worried me. Like, all right, who abducted my mama? No, no, nobody did nothing to me. Say, did you do something to me? No, I did. You, I, I sent you a message telling you that <laughs> that I would take a picture as soon as there was a day where I woke up in the morning and brushed my hair and put on a bra. It's the pandemic. I get up in the morning, and I'm, I'm serious. I'll get up, take a shower, and my day consists of changing from one pair of pajamas to the next, and you guys aren't getting a picture of me like that. <laughs> okay. So, what, so what I've, I've, oh, the, Monday I have to curl my hair and put on makeup, so I'll do a picture on Monday. <laughs> what about the other party? Um, them, I can make that do, them do that anytime because, you know. I am a goddess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I'm waiting for. Okay. So, anyways, now that the uh, cat is out of the bag, let me do a a poem. And it goes like this. Uh, let me see. It's, um, you don't have to be one of those people. You don't have to be the one. You don't have to be two of those people, but you always got to be yourself, especially if you don't feel like doing poetry. (laughs) (laughs) I was sleepy. I was like, you should try to find my book for a reason. I got, I don't know what happened. (laughs) That was supposed to be a freestyle. I liked it. I think that was that's going to change the world, Mama. <laughs> Pitiful. Oh God, I'm so tired. Uh, okay, here. I got my book open to my Scrabble page. Scribble okay. Scrabble page. Okay, here we go. Let just act like that was normal. Let's act like we didn't see that. Let's just look the other way. (laughs) Let's pretend all the way to the end. Let's just be quiet and hold that down. Hold that talk down. Count that anyway when the numbers don't add up and when the meaning of the spelling has changed the spell 
let's see what that's supposed to mean. The meaning of the spelling has changed the spell. Spelled words and then and when all things are political and then and when we live under the microchips like a new germ discarded in a test to collecting and colliding with Agricombia and Fitch, those who you buy from, you feel are politically correct, but they have no reason to take your money and realize that you are indeed not political, working like the charm, falling into the arms of untrue lovers, failing in your attempt to be original. And that's in peace because I don't know what the heck this is I wrote down. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute, this is my freaking grocery list. I was waiting for it to make sense. And so it was an a bitch. I'm like, what the heck? I was writing about that for. I laugh about that because I did that once, Mama. I was at an open mic and grabbed my papers <laughs> off the table to go up and read. And I had my papers there, but I had them tucked in my notebook. So when I grabbed them to go up, the top page, I had my palms up there with me, but the top page, I grabbed my grocery list too. And so I'm getting ready to read, and I look down, and I see, you know, milk, eggs, trash bag. And I'm going, I just, it was like a serious panic. And I just looked up and was staring at everybody <laughs> and then just started laughing. And so I started reading it. And I said, wait, no, that's uh, not really my poem. It was my grocery list and my, that my poem. It was so funny. funny. But the one <laughs> that you told on the on the air about you singing with that lady in the bathroom, that was <gasps> hilarious. I felt so sorry for you. It was, like, so hilarious. <laughs> I was like, no, she didn't. No, she didn't. Then the person had the nerve to be upset because you were like singing with them. <laughs> and they I did. Make you feel bad because, like, not only were they doing something that was fun and crazy, I mean, you just can't got in on it. And um, mm-hmm. they had a nerve to be mugging I was just surprised like, they didn't hear me come in. You know, but they must not have heard uh-huh. me come in. Okay. But, you know, I there's there's so many times where I have been busted, especially around the house, because I do really crazy stuff at home when I'm home by myself. And there's times where I've really gotten busted. Like someone will come over to visit me unexpected, and I answer the door and I'm dressed up like a, you know, a, a geisha girl or something like that. You know, playing dress up because I saw something and then it led to something else. And then before you know it, I'm you know dressed up like a one of Henry the Eighth's wives or something. It's, it gets crazy here. I'm telling you, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, but this, no, that was a public thing. That to me was so funny. It was. It I, was. Know, I it, couldn't stop laughing. I just, it was serious. And it was, it was really funny because I went out to the waiting room and I knew the person was in there. There was like maybe 11 ladies right. sitting in the waiting room waiting to see different doctors. And I knew it had to have been one of them. They right. knew it was me because I came in last. 
So they had okay. to have known it was me. But I didn't know which one it was of them. So it, it was funny. I was trying to say, all right, which one of you is not making eye contact with me? <laughs> right. Uh, are you going to read another one, Mama? That wasn't even one. I don't even feel like reading anything. I'm so sleepy and tired. I just, I'm just going to lay here and just finish trying to keep my eyes open to listen to the rest of the show. So I'm really okay. so tired. Okay. I'm having some issues with the lines right now. So I'm going to play a, okay. well, play a track real quick. Why don't you let me play a track real quick? You can find a poem, and I will come right back to you as soon as the track's over. Okay. And you can wake up just a little bit, okay? Okay. Okay. We'll be back with Mom in just a moment so she can read her poems, wake up a little bit. I'm going to play a track while I get touch bases with customer service real quick to find out what's going on. The piece I'm going to play is by Mo Man, and we have not heard from him in a while, but um, I really, really love this poet. The piece that I'm going to play is called War, and hopefully I can get it to play here. Here we go. We'll be right back, guys. Just a little kid Behind Bible stories of David and Goliath Were armies of my brothers At war with their neighbors To us though, imagination had nothing on reality Cause outside, south side doors The vice lords had declared war on all black gangster disciples And battle was ugly like that Cause no matter how well laid out the war plans are There's always gonna be some collateral damage Wasting money by murdering the workers and it wasn't every day, but frequent to the point that news stories of insurgent activity in our streets happened just enough to erode the uptown confidence and safety. Kind of fucks it up for a few legitimate black entrepreneurial enterprises trying to build up a nation from within. Imagine what that does to a local economy. Now, make that the reality for every little hood nigga like me. General Patton was a bad mofo, but I bet he wouldn't slap Robert. Cause these schools taught dude to expect to fight at least once a day in PE. And his mom taught him discipline with the cord on the iron. And his dad taught him he wasn't shit and threw his ass out. And these streets taught him nihilism and how to not give a fuck. Robert was a real nigga. He learned that shit. Robert was twice as big as Larry, and Larry's a bouncer, nah. General Patton wouldn't have slapped Robert. Cause I know for a fact, last time Robert saw terrorists, he did his patriotic duty to defend his street. And they found homeboy dead with over 15 slugs in him. Robert said it made his dick hard. When he saw that dude down in that uniform of blue on the wrong side of 12th Street, any side of 12th Street 
he knew what it meant. It meant war. And it wasn't a battle of the bulge. But let me remind you that Robert was a big, big man. He fucked that dude up. And I lost a brother. And I lost Robert. And I lose like they lose like we lose. Because no one gains in war. Yeah, I've been there. It looks like slit arteries pumping moisture like the Nile from that dude that didn't make the payoff when the shakedown cops came. It smells like bums, homeless for weeks, needing to score. It sounds like it's gonna be a fight when Nene's mom found out her dad got fired today. It feels like the cold winds of Lake Michigan are gonna claim another life tonight because the lights are off. It tastes like wig vouchers and government cheese bitched at by conservatives that all wanted to go overseas for the war effort and even though I ain't never took aim at anything other than wild game or an issue it don't make me not a soldier a man with intellect is the definition of resistance so viva la e virtu as I play with the sounds of familiarity as some wonder why hood music has the brass swagger of death by the dick Forgetting that in the hood, we don't have the luxury of just learning about war. We get to live it. Habit. 
while I rescued your heartless and numb heart. I pulled you through and left myself to wither and die. Addicted to you and all your torn parts, I sit contemplating suicide, hoping to die, since you dropped me like a bad habit. One hard lesson learned is life goes on while I die alone. As the plane goes down, the captain said, the first mask you should put on is your own. Bad habits. Mama Oladegi, all wrong queen. That was incredible, Mama. What inspired that? What, what made you write that one? Messing with friends all my life that uh, got me doing things I, I would never did. Because they got me all into it and they get all clean and sober. Leave you like out there sniffing mushrooms and stuff. Just, just stuff in life that people get you all involved in. It. When they they never come back and get you when they get straightened out. They just like you know make it look like you're the one mm-hmm. who's uh, tripping. <laughs> <laughs> like thanks for introducing me to tequila and then going through your twelve step program, asshole. <laughs> Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, too funny. I've been put, put up with you all my life, sober, sane. You finally get me over the edge, and then next thing I know, you're just a saint. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've all yeah, been in situations where something like that happens, right? And we're left holding the bag yeah. on something, and it's just like, yeah, really, really. Being a follower, and then they even have the nerve to preach the sermon to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you want to read a second one, Mama? Uh-oh. Okay, this one I can read here. Uh-oh. Okay, words in my mind. I'll read that. Every human being of flesh had a gift from the gods called a mind. And within the mind that created our universe, man builds his universe one thought at a time. Using instincts and outside stimuli. As he grows further away from his God-given spirit, he becomes challenged by his learned behavior. After weeks of limit, weeks of imitating the surroundings about him, he begins to remember. He begins to remember what he hears and sees, and depending less on what he feels and thinks, the universe in his mind is now constructed with layers of learned behaviors instead of obeying the natural spirit that he was born with. 
He starts to build his world on the conditioning being established in his world of words, his environment now layered with more of other people's thoughts. He searches deep within to find his original being. He can no longer think nor conclude with deep feelings. No longer able to conclude with conviction. He no longer can decipher peace from chaos. He no longer can interpret his own mind, distorted by religion and traditions. Man is now programmed. Programmed to be a misfit or a fit-in. So now he creates another world, a world that seems easier for him to live in. A world that's filled with conflict and confusion and doubts and fears. Who am I? What is my purpose? The why, the what, and the who? It starts to surface in the deep thinker's world. Every experience becomes a tool to create the perfect world for himself. So every one of human flesh with a mind has created his own universe inside of himself. If things don't feel right, sound right, taste right, or appear right, then don't pair it thoughtlessly, yet be aware of what's done on purpose and allow yourself, your lower self, to find your higher self and not get caught in another man's mind trap. Rebuild your original world. Recreate your universe, your own universe, not from universities, but from the original universal source. You will become and will continue to become a God mind again. Build a temple from the universal law within. Cater to the law of attraction, the laws of motion, not just emotion. Obey the law of retribution, karma, and the innocuous law of first do no harm. Balance your internal universe, especially the one you've created, not spewing from the brains of dirty sponges, original thoughts brewing, rolling off your tongue as above, so below, facts and logic, time and space, thoughts, chaotic or easily understood, obedience to the laws of the instinct or even contrite to them. When you create your world, remember, you share time and space with other minds from other worlds. So don't forget who you are and whose you are. Stay in touch with your original mind and to your true purpose that is for you to become at one with God's will and to be able to discern the difference in long peace <laughs> that was incredible thank you 
There's a lot of lessons to be learned in that one. Yeah. You only you can squeeze stuff out of me like that. I probably never. I think I read it once before, and it's probably at another time when the store store was stuck and we couldn't go out, and we just had to keep buying stuff. Mm-hmm. The uh, revolving door, you know, coming when you get ready to leave the store. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn those revolving doors. Uh, I remember. Oh, I got a funny story for you. I remember when my mom. I didn't know what the what the purpose of the revolving door was. It just made me. I was just a little kid, and made me wonder what is this? Why do we have to wait? And uh, so a man was in front of mommy. It was like, you know, people waiting to go into the to the door come around. But I just pushed mommy in there with somebody else. <laughs> and it was a man. <laughs> and he was like, oh, on his booty, but. <laughs> Keep going, keep going. <laughs> he kept looking back to see what the hell. What the hell was this? And the door went up. And when I got finally got through to the other side of my little self, money smashed me. I will kill you. You know, I can picture oh, you as a little girl in a hurry to go somewhere because you had things to do. I don't imagine you being a very patient child. Oh. I just remember that's the funniest thing that ever happened when I pushed mommy in on it with that man. Uh, uh, and, and, and it was only room for one person, and two people were in there. He, he was trying to look back and to, to see what the hell was going on. And he was all up on his butt trying to, trying to keep touching him. And when I'm telling you, when he got out, he, he, he moved real quick. When mommy got out, she had to wait for me, and she was like, Girl, that's right. That's so funny. Like, you know, I said, well, you wouldn't go in. <laughs> so he doesn't want to go in with other people. Oh, me. I was a horrible little child. <laughs> I want more stories. <laughs> I have to think of them as they come. But that one just came across my mind. That one was just about as funny as the singing in the bathroom. With your story, so I'm tired. I did wake up. I'm crying. I'm laughing. I'm just having a hilarious good time. So everybody's probably hung up by now. So since we can't get the show going, if you can't get the thing open, they're probably tired of me. I am just uh, trying to make it work. But uh, we don't want to make the people sick <laughs> out there. <laughs> Well, do me a favor, me. Mama, and tell people how they can come find you, my love. Oh, Vicky Aqua, A C Q U A H, Mama Ola Daisy, the All Around Queen, Gangster Granny in the Building, and uh, <laughs> the Retired Diva, uh, Mother Wit. Uh, you know, that's all me. I love you so much, Mama. Thank you. Thank you for being yeah, here today. Thank you for sharing that story. That made my heart happy. Okay, and I'll talk to you next week. All right, honey. I'll be in better shape. I had to go to the doctor today, and uh, they kind of wore me out. So, you know. Tell them to be nice to you. They need to take care of you for us, okay? Love you. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. <laughs> Bye, Mama. All right. We have area code 407 on the line. 
but they don't have their hand up to read. So 407, if you decide you want to come on and read, just press 1, and that will put you in the lineup. Is that Raymond? Raymond Bentley. I think that's Raymond. Raymond, if you want to come on and read tonight, press 1. If you're here just hanging out listening, um, I'm glad you're here. Is that Raymond? No. Is it? I don't know. 407, if you want to come on and read tonight, press 1. If you're here hanging out listening, glad you're here. Keep hanging out. Enjoy the rest of the show. I was supposed to last week, being the first show of the the uh, month, per my agreement with you guys, I was supposed to read a piece of my own. And I didn't do that because we had such issues last week. So I'm going to read it tonight. And we were talking earlier. I had mentioned a piece that I had written where I was talking about the merry-go-round inside of my head. And um, so I'm going to read that one tonight if I can got it all kind of laid out here. I'm hoping I can get through it with this stupid retainer thing in my mouth, but we're going to give it a try. Instead of playing a recording, I'm going to try reading this for you. This was actually written, and we spoke earlier about, uh, we were talking about different type of things that we all go through, the labels they put on us, the things, you know, um, mental illnesses, as they call it, or things, I like calling it our quirks, that we go through. And you know, you've heard me mention a couple of different times about having ADD and how it's just like crazy in my head sometimes. And it really is. And they sit there and they say, you know, well, I can give you medicine to help that, but I like my head, you know. <laughs> I like who I am. And so I don't want to do that. You know, I just, this is me. And so it, it this really kind of shows how um, how that can be sometimes. And, you know, it may sound really crazy to some of you, but it's part a part of me that I really like about myself. And so I don't want to change it. Um, and maybe this will help you understand what that's like a little bit more. But I was doing a thing with Michael Todd a while back, what was called the Spirit Wild Chronicles. And, and somebody would write a poem to one of my photographs that I have taken, and then they got to ask me a question about it you know, my writing or whatever they wanted to ask me a question about, and I had to answer it. And one of the questions I was given was, what is your driving force and what pushes your muse or what pushes you to write? And this is what I sat down and the reply I wrote to that word for word. So this is the reply I wrote to it. But it's a perfect example of what it's like when an idea grabs a hold of you or inspiration gets a hold of me, and I can't just sit down and write a normal um, a normal reply. It just it runs away with me. You know, it's the same reason that you know when I was little, and my family would laugh at me, and it used to really hurt. They would make fun of me, and you know they'd all laugh and and you know, oh come on, why is the sky never just blue, and why is the grass never just green? And it used to really hurt my feelings. I would go down to the lower woods behind our house, and I would stand there, and seriously, I would practice talking like my sisters, so that they wouldn't make fun of the way I talked anymore. <laughs> but then I realized I like the way I talk, and so um, I quit doing that. But this is, this is the reply I wrote to it, and this is the piece that, or the, uh, piece that I mentioned earlier, so that's what I'm going to share tonight. And so, again, the question that the, I was asked is, what is your driving force? What pushes you to write? And this is my reply. If I had to answer that question, in one simple sentence, it would be this. What pushes me is trying to make the world see itself like I see it. But I am who I am. 
And writing that one sentence is not enough because when I say something to someone and I can see from their expression that there's no fire, no blazing passion, that they don't, they just don't get it, that they're still down there glued to their sensible shoes, well, I know I must not have said it correctly or well enough, and so I have to try it again. And I say it again and again if I must. I use examples and contradictions and metaphors. I say it again in a thousand different ways till I see their toes curl and let go, till I see their feet lift off the ground. I weave words over and over inside out of themselves like an adjective-wielding Pied Piper till I... Till I know I get them at least airborne. Exhausting it is, but in reality, for whom? Them or me? I get an idea, and it's like a seed. I get so excited when it starts to grow, but then the more excited I get, the faster my seemingly miracle-growed-laced, supercharged imagination feeds it. It grows over. It overgrows everything, like that crazy ivy in the south that swallows everything whole, and I am lost in the middle, surrounded by a jungle of thought and possibility. It's like when I get an idea, it starts out slow, peaceful, pretty as a carousel, but then the music starts playing faster, faster, too fast. Metal starts to groan, paper crumbles, plaster crumbles, bolts break, springs fly, glass shatters, and then all hell breaks loose. There are purple and green and orange horses snorting and stomping and all stampeding, but in different directions, dragging chains and poles and screaming small children behind them. There are blue elephants and pink zebras and flying angel pigs oinking like banshees, feathers, colored ribbons, fancy tiles with pieces of contorting clown faces shooting everywhere like unmedicated schizophrenic fireworks. Bright and shiny, bright and shiny, bright and shiny things spin and swirl and jet about while dodging oil sprays from the motor that goes after them with a vengeance rivaling the Red Baron flying on a full tank of gas. The ride operator cowers in the corner, tears and snot running down his face, sobbing, praying, begging for his mommy. There are trees running from the chaos. The sky closes its shutters. The streets roll up. The cow jumps over the moon. The dish runs away with a spoon. Alice looks out of the rabbit hole and goes right back in, slamming the door behind her. And all I can do, all that's left to do, is to grab a hold of the closest elephant or lion or ostrich and hold on for dear life while the idea runs away with me and my pen, praying I do not fall off before it runs itself into the ground, exhausted. What? It's not like that for everyone? (laughs) I mean, um, what I meant to say was, um, what was the question? (laughs) So that's what I wrote. (laughs) I had fun writing that. Anyway, so, yeah, that's what I thought I would share with you tonight, per my agreement that once a month I read one thing of mine, because I don't normally read. So there you go. That's it. I am going to play another track here real quick while I try to figure out what's going on with the lines. Once again, for area code 407, you are not in the lineup. Press 1 if you'd like to come on and read, hun, and we'll bring you on. Otherwise, I'm glad you're here listening and hanging out. I'm going to play a track called Oil Rush, and this is by Joanne Ballard, storyteller extraordinaire. Here you go. Letting food to her only home. Oil rush. 
big boys' toys, tossing dice, no matter what the price. Higher, faster, rolling, flying, being the man. Oil gushing on, gas rushing on. What we letting them do to our only home? We ever gonna learn? Oil gushing on, gas rushing on. Costing lives, 11 for sure. Deep water horizon, what's surviving? Nobody knows. Gulf Stream swimming, stringing along. Oil gushes on, gas rushes on. Don't you know oil and water just don't mix? What we letting them do to our only home? Oil gushes on, gas rushes on. Killing the keys, chemicals dousing, sinking down. Nobody knows. Future mutant foods sliming, sliding towards Mother Africa shores, British Isles, while oil gushes on. Gas rushes on. They ever gonna figure out how to turn off the tap? Oil gushes on. Gas rushes on. What we letting them do to our only home? Big boys running scared, playing blame games, sweeping unholy mess, passing on the shame. Nobody knows time's end, where things will stand. And oil gushes on, gas rushes on, churning seas, tropical storms, hurricanes ahead. Oil gushes on, gas rushes on. What we let them do to our only home? Oil gushes on, gas rushes on. Oil rush, big boys' toys, toss and dies, no matter what the price. Higher, faster, rolling, flying, being the man. Oil gushing on, gas rushing on. What we let them do to our only home? We ever gonna learn? Oil gushing on, gas rushing on. Costing lives, 11 for sure, deep water horizon, what survives Nobody knows. Gulf Stream swimming, stringing along. Oil gushing on, gas rushing on. Don't you know oil and water just don't mix? What we let them do to our only home? Oil gushes on, gas rushes on. Killing the keys, chemicals dousing, sinking down. Nobody knows. Future mutant foods sliming, sliding towards Mother Africa shores, British Isles. While oil gushes on, gas rushes on. They ever gonna figure out how to turn off the tap? Oil gushes on, gas rushes on. What we let them do to our only home? Big boys running scared, playing blanket, sweeping unholy men, passing on the shame. Nobody knows time's end, where things will stand. And oil gushes on, gas rushes on. Churning seas, tropical storms, hurricanes ahead. Oil gushes on, gas rushes on. What we let them do to our only home? Oil gushes on, gas. That was Joanne Ballard with Oil Rush. Let's go ahead and get our next callers on. We have area code 419. 419, are you with us? Uh, yes, I am. Hey, Melvin, how, how are you, you, sweetheart? Good, how about you? I'm absolutely wonderful. What do you have for us tonight? Okay. Um, <clears throat> All right, I have a performance. It's out of my new book. I don't know if I've done it before. I may have done it once. It's called The Dream. I used to dream. 
I used to dream of being a movie star and living in a big Hollywood mansion with no roaches to race me to the kitchen table. I used to dream of having a big backyard with a horseshoe-shaped swimming pool and of living in a neighborhood in which the alley was not rat infested. I used to dream. I used to dream of going to the moon to see if there really was a man inside and of being the first earthling to eat green cheese. I used to dream of riding in a long black limousine with white wall tires and a chauffeur to drive me around while I laid back, smoked $5 cigars, and watched the market report on television. I used to dream of taking a cruise around the world on the USS President while watching the corpses display following the leader from the porthole of my luxury suite. I used to dream. I used to dream of climbing a ladder to the stars, bathing in the Milky Way, and drinking champagne out of the Big Dipper. I used to dream of walking down the street and not having to step over winos, or pass the corner without being pimped, or walking into a store and not smelling poppy seed, or not hearing the euphoric laughter of some junkie at the peak of his fix. I used to dream of not being offered a $5 bag for two and a half by one of my best friends, or not being offered a short time for a reefer by a chick I used to swing with. I used to dream. I used to dream of someday getting away from the ghetto, but so did my father and Paul. You know what? What? The whole time that you were reading that, my question for you was, because it made me think about my childhood, right? And so I'm thinking, in order to live and live and grow up with things you were trying to run away from. Somebody had to teach you how to dream about the things you could run to. Mm -hmm. And so my question was, you know, who taught you to dream? You know, and and then when you ended it, you know, just like my father did, you know, your father may not have made it out. Maybe you didn't make it out, whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's obvious that at least – you know, I hope that I'm right. I and mean, if I'm not, that's just my perception of it. But, you know, for me, you know, he may not have gotten out. Am I correct? Um, yeah. You know, but he taught you to dream. Nope. See, I have. He taught you to want to get out, right? Uh, yeah, but the thing is, is um, my biological father wasn't in my life. And he, you know, he sold drugs. He he was, you know, so, yeah, he didn't make it out. Um, the one who raised me probably is the one who taught me to dream. That's awesome. See, and, somebody had you know, to. You don't know what not, you don't know what. My anger, I guess, towards my childhood came much older not saying that you're uh-huh. angry at your childhood, but my anger at my childhood came in when I was much older when I realized what I could have dreamed of. Uh-huh. Because when I was little, I didn't even know. So I didn't know what there was to reach for. It wasn't until I older when, when I was older that I realized what I could have reached for in life had someone told me I could when I was real young. You know, And that's sad. And so when you're reading that, it made me happy to know 
that somebody had taught you that there were things to reach for. You know, so even though it's not a happy poem, there's that that really beautiful under that 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 undertone of beauty for me in it, knowing mm-hmm. that you know there's this kid running around, you know, looking at all this shit going on on the street, but he knows he can reach for more. Yeah. You know, instead of being that yeah. kid sitting there that doesn't see any way out at all. You know, somebody yeah, taught you there was a way out, and that's beautiful. Yeah, I was fortunate. I had, I had, you know, several role models that really probably kept saved my life. You know, like, you had like, a right hook like too. The, like the like the director at the YMCA. Uh, we had we had a guy in the neighborhood that started a stamp club. I just you know, so I started collecting stamps. I still have my stamp collection, but he did that to keep us off the street. You know. That's awesome. You know, I have some old stamps I have no clue what to do with. I should send you some. <laughs> okay. That would be cool. Yes. All yeah. right, my darling, are you going to need a second one? Uh, yeah, okay. okay. This is one um, from my, my book, Blue Notes, Love Quotes. Uh, I've actually, this is the first time I've ever read this poem. It's in a book, but I've never read it at open mics or online or anything. So this is a first. Yay. And it's it's a, it's a title poem to the book, Blue Notes and Love Quotes. Tonight, I long to be with you. Lying awake, feeling blue. I reflect on each aspect of the love we share. The lows, the highs, the goodbyes. The way we care for each other. I smother my hurt with wine and seven up. Lift my cup to you. And the new love of your past. I blast the tune of woe and blue notes. Fill this room with love quotes. The pain I sustain with the melodic rhapsody of words we whispered in each other's arms. My arms long to hold you tonight. Night, lying awake, feeling low. My thoughts flow over moments that we shared. The ups and downs we fared, the grace, the fast and slow pace that our love took. I look at your face and see a smile. Your lips haunt me. Your eyes haunt me. An agony flaunts its way into my heart. Lying awake, feeling blue. I long to be with you. I smother my hurt with wine and seven up. Lift my cup to you and the new love of your past. I blast the tune of woe and blue notes. Cast away love quotes. Melancholic words who whispered. In each other's arms. End poem. Awesome. Thank you. Both of those were absolutely fantastic, Melvin. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And I'm glad it was here first. Yay. <laughs> it was. Because we're, we're the coolest, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I appreciate yeah. you sharing it with us. It was fantastic, hon. Thank you. You're very welcome. You want to do me a favor and tell everyone how they can find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, you can find me on YouTube and on All Poetry under Melvin Douglas Johnson. Perfect. All right, sweetheart. We'll talk to you next week. Yes. Awesome. Thank you, sweetheart. Great job tonight. All right. All right thank you. Bye. Bye, Bye. sweetheart. 
All right, let's go ahead and grab our last caller for the evening. We have area code 807. 807, you're on the air. Hello, Alexa. How are you doing? Hello, Robbie, baby. <laughs> it always gives me a giggle no matter no matter how many times you say it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, how are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing okay. Uh, I went through uh, my thumb drives a couple of days ago, and... And I I just realized that I I didn't know if I had it backed up my oldest uh, poetry document because I have like a old poetry document of uh, it's like all kind of one document it's not split up into different files of my university poetry and uh, so it's all like kind of one sheet so to speak and uh, it's worth it I looked at the word count and it was like ten thousand words <laughs> so wow. that this this is yeah. That's what you're reading tonight. Yeah, that's exactly. I'm reading ten thousand awesome. words worth of poetry. Okay, you've got seven <laughs> minutes. Go. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, there, this is. Uh, I'm gonna read two little ones, I think, from there. And uh, yeah, this is this is the stuff from my univ- university days, which is like radically different because uh, I wrote after my uncle had died. That that kind of triggered my poetry. Oops. And. Uh, and then I had a long hiatus, and then I started writing again, and I haven't really uh, stopped since. Sometimes I have a little, you know, lulls here and there. But anyways, um, okay, so first one is Tiny Flames. I don't know what you're going to think of all this because it's so different. Tiny flames all separate yet all the same, burning in our passion and in our disdain. One flame to another, we, lighted, we light our way, lighting our way towards a better day. I was your flicker, and you were a flame. And who were you? Just a stranger seeing a lick of candlelight flickering in the wind of pain. If I be a flicker, please be my flame, for we we are all brothers of the candlelight, brothers in the light of the world's love, brothers of world's plight, brothers of its joy and pain in the night. And that's like literally the first in that document. And then this one is a tickle of light. She shouted a whisper down the corridor of my soul, her love a cherry neon light, a twitch of light in the back of my mind. The neon light of her love colors my every day, eyes fluttering to possibility of love in a gaze. And oh, the intensity of that shouted whisper, that neon light, setting my senses alight, my life all bright. Love, the shouted whisper. That is what I. What, that is, what it was, that neon light, a guidepost for my heart. Strumming in my heart and soul, she is stirring, stirring, love and life swirling, reoccurring. I shall settle into this neon night, into the whispered shout, comfort for all of my remaining days. And so that one is the second one in that document, uh, a tickle of light. So those are like two of my earliest poems and probably, well, you you could see the stylistic difference. Uh, the, sh- the sentences are shorter. They rhyme more. There isn't as much of the internal rhyme scheme mm-hmm. uh, that I got, that I had developed later. So not really worse or different or better, just different. Although I think I was <laughs> astoundingly naive, even more so than the average person uh 
you know, in 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 my age then, around my twenties. So, yeah, that's, there still uh, that's, is a, a degree of of oh, how do I want to say it? There is still a lot about you that is naive in the way that you write, in the fact that you believe in this beautiful. You know, no matter how crappy things are around you, you still believe in that beautiful, amazing reality that you know exists inside you. You know, everything that you write talks about, you know, this ut- utopian emotion. And well, that's the I absolutely love in. that. You know, you haven't let the world, you haven't let the world steal that from you. You know, so maybe naive's not the correct word, but but yeah. you know, it's it's you haven't been tainted. You haven't let that that naive joy and belief inside of you be tainted by the world, and I love that. Well, that's the thing is, is I'm not the the present situation is a perfect example of that. I for me, like when I see something like uh, I'll use a very different example from the poetry in that. Uh, I like to watch uh, Star Wars videos about the more extended lore, like the the uh, Legends universe that they had a while back, and that's very different from what they have now. Because I, I like that a lot better. I don't really go for the mainstream stuff as much. And um, you know, I'll see like a video about uh, oh, uh, now that we have you know with COVID and that, I'll see a video that says oh. Uh, plagues and blah 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 from the Star Wars universe and for a lot of people that's kind of a catharsis or it's like well you know since this is what we're talking about we might as well but for me like we all talked about being wired a different way and for me I'm profoundly wired differently that way for me actually you talked about your uh, ADD and for me it's hypervigilance right like Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm starting to blab a bit here, but <laughs> I, th- I think this is something important for me to say correctly. But the way my mind works, and is especially with the hypervigilance, and this is, has, has been an especially tough thing for me because a lot of my hypervigilance has developed towards medical things. And I, it's hard for my, my mind has to disengage from that, right? It can't, give, can't be given too much time and material to think about the what-ifs and all that. that it'll just zero in on every little thing and and that and and for me the way i write and how i write and all that like like especially during a time like this the last thing i would want to do is write exclusively about what's going on and that for me it it's so much more therapeutic and i'm not speaking against the people who write you know on what's going on especially in a time as as a as bad as this but for me, I just in my own mind and the way it works, I have to write away from that because if I don't, then my mind will spend too much time and it'll dwell too much on that, and that's when things really do go bad for me. So that's that's a big part of it, right? And sometimes it it actually puzzles me. It's like for me, it's like a, like like someone would be looking at a light bulb. You know, like just staring, staring until their eyes are I'm like, why don't you just look away from the light bulb? <laughs> that that's kind of that's kind of how I feel about when <laughs> when when people are focusing so much on that through through their art, you know. 
And again, like I say, like I, it's not saying I hold against them, or I understand that that's how a lot of people are wired. But for me, I'm the complete opposite. In my art, I have to be engaging away from that as my form of therapy to to keep my own sanity. So. Well, whatever you're doing, I like it. <laughs> well, you know, like I say, it's 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 what I have to do, but. Um, and I, that's the thing I do see still a lot of beauty at it, and, but I see I see it more in the world of nature as opposed to the world of man. But yep. uh, yeah, but uh, especially when I started doing nature photography, you know, like that that really opened up the window, and and I enjoy that I can see something, you know, in in a very mundane sort of a thing, like uh, even like with especially like insect photography, like I do, like you know, I can. It's, for me, it almost feels like a privilege because I can just look look down on the ground and I can see a, like a colony of ants or something and watch all the activity and, and take a, a take a picture and you know every little street corner becomes like a a little vista for me that I can focus on and and take some joy out of. <laughs> That's an awesome way to be. <laughs> Yeah. All right, Robbie, do me a favor, my darling, and tell everyone how they can come find you. Um, I can be found on Facebook under Robbie's Multimedia Poetry. I'm just basically treating that as a portal to all my other sites now. Uh, as many people, I feel like it's a movement that's going on. A lot of people are getting away from social media, and they're not really, or they're just using it for, you know, this is where I am. <laughs> but uh, and that's definitely me, you know. I, I don't for social media at all now uh, so that's my portal now and I'm putting up more and more of my sites like my SoundCloud and everything and uh, mm-hmm. yeah so that that's that where I be <laughs> alright sweetheart I appreciate it and thank you for closing out the show so beautifully for us tonight well thank you I, I needed to hear your appreciation tonight it's been you know a lot of the nights we have now are just kind of, <laughs> it's, it's, it's getting harder and harder to get through. Yeah. So the, the, uh, the, the, uh, pressure here is mounting to where I am. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate you and I appreciate you taking time to be here. So we will talk to you next week. Uh, probably. Yeah. I, uh, I'll be listening for sure. I don't have as much energy to, to call. <laughs> these days, but usually I call at least towards the end of the show. Perfect. All right, sweetheart. We will talk to you then, honey. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, everyone. You've been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I appreciate you all being here tonight. I want to thank you so much. I want to remind you that our 2021 fundraiser is going on to help cover the cost of our 2021 broadcasting license for our for the year. The information for that is on my page, on my Facebook page, or you can shoot me a message and I can get that information to you. I want to thank all of you who have already donated. We're off to a great start. If you missed any of the assignments or prompts or anything I gave at the beginning of the show, the show will be archived after it ends. You can go back and listen to that and jot those down if you weren't able to get those. I'm going to close the show with a track, and I just totally just lost that window, so now I'm going to pull something up really fast. (laughs) Um, I'm going to close the show with a piece by, let's do one by Gregory Shorts. 
And the one I am looking for is Bear in the Backyard. There it is. All right, so we're going to close the show with a piece by Gregory Schwartz called Bear in the Backyard, and we will see you next week. Good night, everybody. Hey, there's a bear in the backyard. It knocked the bug zapper into the pool. The bear fell into the pool and got electrocuted. Then a wire broke and it started a fire. And it fell into a tree and started the tree to burn. And the tree fell onto the roof and it started the house on fire. Then the fire melted all the telephone wires and caused a blackout. No one could fall out for help. They're trapped in the house and preparing to die. And a rebirth of life free from the conditions which brought them through this series of basic interactions. They smell like electric fried broiled bear meat. It only reinforces the vegetarian ethos. Accepting liberation through a comedy of errors, they find it personally more effective than waiting in line for all eternity to be judged for things that had nothing to do with them. 